Welcome to this classic. We gotta, gotta tone it down. So we gotta be serious. It's hard to do. Not too serious. But we got a serious episode. I can do hard. I don't know about serious, but I can do hard. I can see it in your pants now. <laughs> you know, no, that's seriously hard. Yeah, that's that's as hard as he is. That's about as serious as we're gonna be on the episode. We are gonna still be able to, to talk freely. But we are talking about a serious subject. And sometimes yeah. a light hearted approach to a serious subject is what's needed. And today we're talking about gamer mental health and mental health in general, but the tag of gamer mental health, because of what this podcast is and what our audience base is, it's mostly weebs yeah. and literally most mostly weebs and fucking gamers, right? And a few comic yeah. book nerds. And then, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. That is our audience. We've and got then, no... And then people like me, <laughs> everyone like me, who is just an amalgamation of all of these of things. Of all the things together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just all in one. Yeah, like myself, we get some wrestling fans too, but I think they they borderline on geek culture too. You know. Yeah. So, it's 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 a serious episode because what prompted us months ago to talk about it is so far in Guernsey uh, where we live, there have been like fifty two suicides this year alone, and most of them have been yeah. men similar age group to us, literally between twenty five and forty. Most of them have been in that age group. And male suicides are an epidemic level. They are a, a fucking problem right now, a deep-seeded problem in, in society. Yeah. And we, we had a conversation a few weeks ago and asked ourselves, do we want to talk about this? Do we want to open up about our own issues and, and, and depression and problems we've had? And it was a resounding yes amongst yeah. the team. So he, here we are. So I want to start first with... Jake, because you and I have spoke a few times about mental health and anger, and you know, being able to being able to actually find that fucking control and not let it ruin your life. Yeah. And sometimes that takes years. Sometimes some people can take months. So I want to start with you and just go into like how how you what, what like your mental health journey to where you are now. Where you you know you got a job, you got misses, you got you got your life in balance. You're feeling good, mostly so, savings, boy. Yeah, and saving. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, well. <sighs> my problem is i've i've always had my issues like from as long as i can remember because i didn't have a very good experience with the earliest school that i could have been in yeah like from i've mentioned before actually on one of the one of the other ones we did i was bullied by other kids at school a lot a lot of them would like latch onto the fact that i'm half chinese and they they'd call me a chinky and you know, make loads of sweet and sour jokes. And things. Yeah, I can make the jokes now because I'm comfortable. But, but it's then taken... back then it was hard to fucking yeah. deal with. And especially as like a five, six year old kid in fucking reception year here, which is like sort of kindergarten level. Yeah, and then Guernsey to clarify is what ninety nine percent white as an island. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine percent white. But like. For me, especially at a young age, being bullied for that reason, which is something I had no control over, that was really tough. Like, even even as a as child that young, to be picked on that heavily by almost everyone else yeah. was horrid. And because of that, like, I've always had problems with stress, anger, depression, all sorts of this kind of stuff, anxiety, the works. 
And sort of as I, as I grew up through primary school, I managed to end up with a group of about four or five friends. That was about it. Like, I didn't exactly have a, a massive group. And so they, they helped me get through. But the thing that I've always had is gaming. Yeah. As long as I can remember. Like, I, I can remember even as young as, like, four or five, having a fucking chunky, grey, classic Game Boy in my hands, playing Mario. Like, that's gaming has been a constant for me. So, like, for me, it's it's less of a hobby and more of a, a lifestyle. Yeah, one thing with gaming, especially being... Because I was bullied heavily at school, too. And I was just bullied because I didn't fit in. I yeah. just liked different things. I just liked different music. I liked... Everyone was listening to fucking... Jungle is massive! And I'm sitting there fucking listening to Nirvana, you know? Like, it was a very fucking yeah. different kid. And um, the, the people... Because of that one reason alone, I didn't dress like them. I didn't look like them. Was, you're a piece of shit and we don't fucking like you. You're a weirdo. You're a cunt. But I never felt judged playing a game. You know? A game was like having friends that aren't going to ever fucking judge me for not being the same of them. And that's kind of how that felt. They're not, they're not going to look at you and go, you're different to us. But that, that was the other thing. Like the, the few friends I did have, they also had an interest in gaming as well. Yeah. And it was one of the things that I was able to really sort of find in other people but then it kind of reset itself after primary school which is the horrible thing for for my story there a little bit year six going into year seven which is about high school for the americans i then i then had a scholarship to one of the better schools on the island um which was an all-boys school which is a first fairly bad start yeah so i went into one that was split gender-wise so you only had boys at the school and there was nobody i knew barring like two other people that came from my my primary school yeah that i wasn't exactly in tight with so i went from having four or five friends that i knew fairly well to having no friends again and then i started to then have the issue of i wasn't a sporty kid i was always the nerdy gamer like sat in the library quite happily reading comics or whatever i'd do so the better school on the island for us um, is a very sports orientated school. So most of the kids that get in on scholarships are sports scholarships. Yeah. I and was an academic. other people. Other people were paid to get in as well. Yeah, the it's other mostly so, paid. So, it's almost entirely yeah. paid. So actually. then there's a level of difference then because you're a scholarship kid, and they, exactly their parents are rich enough to fucking pay for their yeah. education. Yeah. So I was the poor scholarship kid, and they were the rich paid kids. So that's another you know interesting point of uh, difference there. I kind of just spill on my life story, really. Um, with with that, like, I basically had no friends up until probably about halfway through my first year where I made two friends. And that was what I had until about year nine, which uh, for for us, we start at year seven, which is the beginning. When you're like beginning. 12, right there. So by year nine, yeah. you're like, what, 14, something like that? Yeah. I had to repeat year nine, which was even worse. Because my depression and everything got so bad because of how badly I was bullied and how everyone teased me and picked on me. It got so bad that I just switched off at school. So I got to the point where I wasn't doing anything at all. I'd just sit and sleep in lessons. And eventually the teachers just gave up trying to, you know, deal yeah. with it. So the headmaster gave me a choice at the end of that year, which was either we expel you or you repeat the year. Now, me... I think I made the better decision in repeating the year because otherwise I'd have fucked my grade chances. Yeah, and, and the thing with it is it's a hard choice for you to make because while there are 
snooty cunts that you have to deal with, the level of education you're going to get there is better than just the bog standard school at this point. So from like a prospect thing or from just the personal education, your personal intellect is better off in the school with all the arseholes in well, yeah. That's the problem. Which is like a huge problem. But then the weird, the weird thing there is like after repeating the year, at the end of my second time through that year, I had some of the best grades in the in the year because I'd kind of proved that I was listening half the time. I just couldn't be bothered because I was getting so much shit for it. Unfortunately, the bullying didn't improve because I was then the kid that was held back a year, which kind of fed into it as well. So this was the sort of point my my mum had kind of relaxed a little bit with me at home and kind of let me out and do my own thing. And I started spending a lot of my Saturdays in, in town going to the gaming shops and shit and just generally just being a layabout in town. Um, and I started meeting people in town and I managed to make some friends outside of school who were like metalheads, played games, same as me. So that sort of thing started to improve things from roughly the point I got held back. Um, but then there were other things, obviously, with that where... Then I'm starting to hang out with other people, and there were girls with the group and everything. And then you start to get into the whole you're a, you're you know a young adult. Or every person at early teens or mid teens goes through the same fucking shit. Yeah, and you you have the whole thing of oh there's girls oh I really like this girl hmm, I wonder if she likes me she doesn't like me this yes. is depressing rejection rejection <laughs> sad so there was that on the side a little bit as well but it got it actually got really bad with school to the point like. Some some of the kids at school were bullying me really badly, and they'd follow me after school. But I'd after school, I'd go straight down to town to meet some of my mates who were, you know, big, long, dark hair, fucking metal studs and spikes. The moment they saw where I was going, they'd fuck off. And it was like, yeah, we're not we're not tangling with these guys. These guys look like yeah, trouble. Now he's not on his own, and now there's more of them. Yeah. They outnumber us. <laughs> fuck, we're off. But the, the other thing I got bullied for a lot is I've always I've always been a weeb, so I've always liked my anime, my manga, all that kind of shit. And I used to I used to sit and read it in our school library. And the librarian was really cool because she got in a load of manga and shit on my recommendation. And I actually ended up still being friends with her. Even now I keep in contact every now and then. Um it's thriving. Like there's fucking there's loads of manga but in that library. So now. it's so weird though, right? Like and I often think this as well. The shit I was into at school, the shit that you're saying you're into, we would have been friends if we were at school at the same time, right? Oh for sure. That's that's just it was the same kind of vibe. But now at school, you can be that. But you go back to the nineties and early two thousands, it was fucking hard for kids yeah. to be like that. Really hard. It was hard it was hard for me at school in the late nineties, mid late nineties fucking wanting to listen to metal music, wanting to grow my hair, wanting to fucking, you know, wear clothes that no other cunt did because that school was full of fucking idiots, just absolute scum. You know, I went to a school full of scum and like, you know, I, sp I recently spoke to a friend of mine who he, he now lives in America about school and they were like, the most amount of trauma that goes on in my life now, I can fucking point back to school and go, that's where it started. And that's something I think we'll probably notice throughout a lot of things, where a lot of people will talk about issues and they will all point back to something back at school. Yes. So, with with all of this, like another thing I always had a fascination with was violence. Like not just like beating the shit out of some knobhead round the back of a shop or whatever. Like 
martial arts and you know the more elegant side of violence well, like weeby shit right so yeah. sort of like yeah, yeah so i did i did some karate back when i was a bit younger but i also in college they give a there's a cadet force they do and they actually give you the chance to do shooting properly so i i did training up to sort of marksman level with with rifle shooting as well as a bit of martial arts training so you know i got i've got a bit of violence in there uh, you also got all the fun guns but yeah, after after sort of school finished, like I did, I did one year of A level and just couldn't carry on because my mental health was just deteriorating rapidly. Because at that point, like it was more focused because people knew me better and knew what buttons to push. And that's they the understood. Problem. They understood what fucking hurt you and are gonna use it because kids can be fucking cruel. Yeah, there's one thing with kids. Some kids, some kids are just so innocent. They're soft. You, I can see it sometimes with kids, like. Uh, and you think, fuck me, this kid's going to struggle. Like, you can just see it, this kid's going to struggle with high school. But some of these kids are so fucking soft, and, and, and they get broken by the system. But then some kids are cruel. Some kids, oh. when they're five or six, you can just see the, the fucking devil in them, right? Some kids, you just think a little shit. You're going to be a gunt. But yeah, so like, college was always a shit experience for me. But then, one of the things I got from that was serious issues with anger. Because... I'd get so pissed off at people for a lot of things. And that that kind of... It kind of simmered a lot for a couple of years until I ended up in one job where I may have had an angry outburst and I lost the job. It was a good job, actually. I was working, um, working in a bank, actually. But they have some shitty practices for the staff where they... Like, they ask you stupid fucking things that they want you to do. Like, they want you to ask every fucking person who walks through the door if they want a mortgage. Woman coming in with her fucking son who's going to get a kid's bank account. Do you want a mortgage? Fucking, why the fuck are you going to ask them if they want a mortgage? It, it fucking drove me up the bend. But they were assholes about it. If you didn't ask a set number of people these questions, you got in fucking trouble. And they, like, our team, who dealt with, like, opening accounts and shit, they... They kind of laid into our team for not having enough of these like conversations about all this kind of shit, all these targets, which they didn't want to call targets because target seems too, you know, retail focused. They referred to them as benchmarks. I fucking flipped. And like there was just a switch, like all this anger just fucking snapped all at once. And I was seething all day. And I was talking to one of the others. And I was like, oh, I'll fucking cut up their family and send it to him in the post. Um, but this uh, now that I look back on it with the benefit of hindsight, that's like years of anger that just that just exploded at one point. Yeah, yeah, just the floodgates. But because it was quite a serious threat against the family of the hires up in the bank. Yeah, but like in that moment, it's not a real threat. No, it's it's just an explosion of fuck you, you cunt. I'm gonna f-, you know, and you just say something. <laughs> the police were called. What kind of pussy phones the fucking police because someone fucking said that to them? To be fair, I had just threatened to cut their family up and send it to them in the post. Yeah, but I say piece. shit, well, I used to say shit like that to people fucking round with them in the pub, like, you know? Yeah. But, like, they, they called the police because they were worried about the safety of the management, and I was like, you know what, fair enough. And the police were fine, they weren't like, you're a criminal, get on, like, they talked to me, you know, they had a chat, they established that I wasn't actually a threat. And the police, credit where it's due, they... Uh, they took me up to hospital 
uh, to A&E, which probably isn't the best place, but there wasn't really anywhere else to go because Guernsey's no. not that progressive for Even it. Even now, it's not that great. Um, but we went up to A&E for effectively a, a, a first diagnosis. Um, and I had several sort of uh, evaluations and things. Now, the place I used to work, they, they paid for some of the evaluations. They were very good about it. So they did just go, you're sacked immediately. They did decide to let me go a couple of months down the line, but they paid me up until the point that they let me go. So kudos to them. Like as a business, I respect that. They made sure that I wasn't just being a twat. And the evaluation came back that it was a serious mental break. And after that, I was in therapy for about three years for my serious anger issues. But one of the other problems from a lot of this was... I always worry that people don't want to deal with my shit. People are sick of me. People don't actually want to be hanging out with me even when I am hanging out with them. And I always end up asking a lot of my friends, like, you know, I'm you're not, I'm not bothering you. I'm not a problem. You don't mind me being around. You don't mind hanging out with me. And, like, I, I don't like dealing with idiots. Like, idiots get my fucking hackles up. I get angry about them. But now that I've been through all the therapy and things, I've got better coping mechanisms in place to deal with it. And I wouldn't have had those if I hadn't done that therapy. Yeah. And sometimes you realise that idiots are also just going through shit themselves. And you don't know it. Because people are really bad at conveying their true feelings. And sometimes some guy, like, especially work situations are bad for it. Like retail jobs, things like that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you can speak to someone, they're just a cunt. But you don't know that her husband's just cheating on her. And fucking left them with two kids. Like You well, don't yeah. know that. And they're coming in and taking out on you. But they don't know that you have got anxiety issues and are on medication and haven't slept fucking last night. So then you both get into shit and you could lose your job over it. But the reality of it is, is just there's a miscommunication. If we could tell... Imagine if we had... Um, I'm not advocating this, but imagine if we had like the fucking neural link, right? And the neural link sent out like a mood signal, right? And when you looked at someone, it's like a little, little aura above their head that told you green. So this person's fine, right? But that one over there has got red. So there must be something wrong right now. If I go, if I'm going to ask yeah. someone in the shop a question, dude with the red fucking aura, he's not in. A, he's not worth it, right? But then if you see a customer coming over and you look at them and the customer's in a red, and you go, oh, shit, who have we got? Who have we got? Right, Danny's in a blue. Get him. Get him to deal with him because at least he's not fucking like I'm pissed off myself. Like this is not going to work. He might if that gets him to an orange. At least he isn't going to explode. You know. Yeah. And, and he might calm them down because he's more equipped because of how he deals with it. Like, if, if there was some way we could just have a little bit more understanding for each other, like, whether it be understanding body language, I think that's a big one that people miss. People miss someone who's fucking rearing up. They just miss it. They don't realise the person's blowing up the, that, and looking for a fight. A lot of people miss it, and they're, like, taken aback by it. And if we could just um, if we could just have that level of acceptance that sometimes people are going through shit. And like with, with anxiety and things, especially for a lot of people, I think a lot of it will come from past relationships. Like I can kind of attest to that as well, where I had I had a girlfriend who cheated on me fucking years back. I was about 16 at the time, I think. My first serious girlfriend fucking lost my virginity to her, the works, and she was the one who cheated on me. And when you're sort of getting that deep into something with someone that you really quite like... And your hormones are all over the place as a teenager as well, so you feel such a deep love at that age like not yeah i wouldn't even say it's a real level of like it's like a weird thing well yeah it's like first time age, it's real it's all real first time out of a family member 
you found a, a loving connection. Obviously, family's a different kind of love unless, unless you're from Alabama. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's the first time you you fucking actually connect with someone, and you're like, holy shit, I want to I want to be with some. What the fuck is this feeling? I want to be with someone. How the fuck have I ended up like this? I've never wanted to be with anyone in my life. <laughs> like, you know. But I, I can cut that one quite short, really, which is just. My first serious girlfriend, she fucking cheated on me. Ever since then, fucking every girlfriend I've been with, always paranoid. Like, my fucking, my current girlfriend will tell you, she'll be like, he's fucking, he's always checking to make sure I'm okay. He's always checking to make sure I'm not fucking being wound up. And it's like, it probably winds her up like he's fucking asking, to be honest. But that, like, that's another thing that feeds into all the mental shit. Like, stuff like that just sticks with you. And the younger you are, the more it affects your permanent mental state. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of trauma. And people go through, sometimes people go through micro traumas, right? They go through ones that they don't even realize when they're young. But by the time they get to fucking 30, they've realized they've had 40 of these little micro ones that have all combined into a fucking giant one. And now they've got some baggage to deal with. And and we'll talk a bit later about dealing with baggage because I think I know I, I personally had to fucking let go of a fuck ton of baggage from especially working in the television industry um and just bitterness and anger and stuff like that i had to get rid of and i had to find ways of getting rid of it and you can actually do it you can find ways i'll say this now to everyone listening you can find ways to fuck off that not bury it like literally get rid of it remove it find ways to actually stop yourself um going down these negative pathways that you I've gone down so many times before, you don't even need to look anymore because you just follow the fucking river bed, you know, because you've done it too many times. Yeah. So, yeah, kind so of that, a fucking so that's your, ma- that's your massive thing. insight into my life story there. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, I effectively, I've got a lot of issues of depression, paranoia, anxiety, anger. And it's, I've gotten to a really good point in my life now because I've made the effort to change things, to improve, to actively work on my issues. And I've pushed past a lot of my problems of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get up. I don't want to deal with things. And I just, I that's a big one. Get on. We will definitely dig into that later because we got some questions here as well. But I, w- I will just say now, the only person who is going to get your motivation back is you, and you have to want it. And even if you want it and you can't find it, you just have to do it. Because eventually just doing it, it will come naturally. Yeah, if it's like you need to go to the gym because you've put on loads of weight and you just got to fucking do it. Uh, one, one, one trick that always stuck with me when I used to go to the gym uh, <laughs> yeah, is, is I used to go to the gym all the time and then I had this big break from it for a few years. And when I wanted to go back into it, someone said to me, pack your gym stuff and I fucking put it on the door handle. Because if you start going, oh, I can't be bothered, we've already packed. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've already packed. It's already. If you're going to leave the house... Might as well take your fucking gym bag with you because it's sitting there on the door handle waiting for you to fucking leave. So by the time you've picked it up and put it on your shoulder and you've left the house, you're like, I was only going out to go get milk. Fuck it, I've got an hour. And you just go. And there are little things you can do. And there, there are things like that throughout every aspect of your life. Just little tricks you can you can give yourself that will help you snap out of the shit funk that you're in. So now we go on to Chris to explain. Because for you, it's mostly depression, right? And anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Not as bad as it used to be. But mine mainly stems from secondary school, not so much primary, because primary, I actually had quite a lot of friends, because I was fairly outgoing and just naturally connected with people. Moving from secondary school, I went from having loads of friends to literally no one. Made 
three or four close, close friends in the entire time at secondary school. But because, again, similar to Jake, I was into all the nerdy, weeby stuff, got bullied. Luckily, had people that would stick up for me as well because they were into the same sort of stuff. But I got bullied just because I wore glasses and wasn't particularly great at sports apart from like apparently really good at hockey. That was about fucking it. <laughs> no idea why. Another thing that played into anxiety and wanting to be around people though was my, like I, I was raised by my stepdad and my mum because my actual dad had me fucked off and didn't want anything to do with me. Outright said that to my mum. Then got together with my mum's best friend at the time had my bro- had my stepbrother again didn't want anything, didn't want anything to do with him my so his mum so my gran always wanted a grandson so wanted him to be involved with me my stepdad wanted nothing to do with it but he wouldn't get in the way if that's what they wanted and time and time again he would just like say yeah we had a thing of every sunday he'll pick me up we'll go out for lunch or whatever drop me off job's done so like, once a week I'd see my actual dad. So it would be the time I'd see my real dad. And then what started to happen around age 9, 10-ish is he'd start being really flaky and unreliable. So he'd, he'd say to me, like, message me or my mum. I'll pick him up at 8 in the morning. We'll go out grab some lunch, drop him back off by like 2 o'clock. And the amount of times he'd say that and then just not turn up, not tell anyone that he wasn't going to come grab me or for whatever reason. Yeah. So it was just a constant fucking... And then that lets you down. Right, because yeah. you know a fucking kid needs his dad, and and not having a dad or having a dad who's being flaky, it fucking hurts you. Even if you don't realise it, even if you have a brilliant mum, there's still a part of you that's always fucking wondering what happened with dad. Like what, what is dad? What you know? have I done wrong to what not want to be, to do want to be yeah. around them? We'll loop back around to that in a bit because yeah. I didn't have a dad. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but like I'm saying, like, but then a big part of it is right. You've got issues. You know, you had issues with anger with understanding who you are racially, your dad could have fucking helped you with both of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just what it is. And it's a fucking shame. And, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt Chris too much. Yeah. I don't want um, <laughs> But it, w- what a big problem with modern society with this independent woman, I don't need no fucking man thing is your sons will need their fucking dad. Yeah. yeah but no it's, matter, not even, it's not even just the son. Your kids, your kids need boy, them. girl, doesn't they matter. Both, they they both need, need influences but, from both parents. But we are looking at now the Fight Club quote of a generation of men who grew up not knowing their fucking father. And yeah. it's, it's fucking detrimental on, on boys, especially to not know what a man is and not know how to, be, how to go from a boy to a man. Mum can't teach you that. Mum can teach the daughter how to go from a girl to a woman. She can't teach the son how to go from a boy to a fucking man. It's a fucking hard thing. Although my mum's probably the manliest woman I've ever known. She's more manly Everyone than Everyone says most. your mum's a badass, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> fuck with her. <laughs> my mum's the type of person who'd rip your arm off and beat you to death with it, even if you were six foot tall and built like a brick shithouse. What was her nickname in the police? The Rottweiler. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the police called her the Rottweiler. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, back we'll, to Chris. We'll Chris yeah. Karen, I'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but no, eventually it got to the point where... After like a couple of years of this happening, I just went, fuck it. Not I didn't want anything to do with him, but you know, but it just generally started to make me really fucking upset. Mm-hmm. And my stepdad, who as far as I'm concerned, is my dad to anyone who knows him. He is my dad. But he, he's told me this. He told me this when I was like 16. I'm like, fair play. Because it was a, it was probably for the better. He, he met up with my old man 
took him out to like um bluebell woods local little forest nice secluded little area had a fucking word with him if you it's like if you tell him you're gonna pick him up pick him up if yeah. you let him down again i'll drag you back here and beat the shit out of you <laughs> i mean i got lucky i got lucky when my parents split up that my dad was who he was he wanted to be a dad and nothing was gonna fucking stop and i got i got lucky because i saw it with so many of my mates their relationship and sometimes it was the dad's fault sometimes it was the mum's fault sometimes the oh, mum yeah. was such a fucking toxic every time dad come around to pick the kids up fucking slapping him screaming at him so guess what dad starts flaking out because he's he's fucking putting up with bullshit every fucking time oh, yeah. and sometimes dad was a flaky piece of shit and well they they have their own mental health to think about as well and yeah. their physical health is being assaulted so their mental health isn't exactly going to be doing much better no, and, and that's what it was with my, my dad and my mum my mum was such a jealous person constantly accusing him of cheating because he worked in television which is where i ended up working and often at the time he worked there he was having to go away for like two weeks filming my mum's like he's going away fucking she would say this to me as a kid oh he's away fucking sleeping with women on set oh this fucking she would get it in her head that the celebrities in the tv show are trying to fuck my dad and then he'd come back and she'd just scream and shout at him and then my dad would go and sit in another room away from my mum would do you know what i mean and then i would be going I want to go see dad. And my mum would be, you're just fucking like him, aren't you? And she would say that. So she'd have this negative opinion of my dad. I and mean, when my dad broke up with my mum, when, when they divorced, it was because he's like, I can't fucking do this. This is not, I'm not happy. This is making me fucking miserable. And the only reason I'm sticking around for the past year of her doing it is because I've got kids. But I can still be a fucking dad to my kids. I just can't come home to fucking to verbal mental day. abuse every day. So I, I understand it's hard and I got lucky, but obviously you, like so many people, weren't so lucky with, with how your dad treated you. Well, luckily I had someone decent to step in in the fucking plate, so. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's, that's you know, more respect to your stepdad, mate. Do you know fucking what I mean? You had, you had a guy like... step up and that's what, again, what a lot of kids are missing is when their dad goes missing, mum replaces dad with cunts. <laughs> Yeah. You see that so often, right? You see it so fucking often with people and they go through five or six of them, five or six fucking dudes coming in and out of your life when you, you're trying to learn to be a man and they all treat your mum like shit. So now your, your, your opinion of men is low. You have to fucking identify as a man. You're on a man yourself. You're going to become the thing that you think is a piece of shit and that's going to fuck with you your whole life. But with you, you got lucky that you had someone you could go, well, I can be like him though. Yeah. Yeah. But then... A few years down the line after that, pretty quick succession, both my grandparents passed away and they were quite big influences on my life because when my mum was at work, my, well, my stepdad was at work, they were looking after me when I wasn't at school. Yeah. And because my mum used to work night shifts, so she'd be working till about 10, 11 at night and my stepdad was working till about 6, 7, I'd have a few hours with just my grandparents yeah. and they were, they were like two people I could talk to. They didn't necessarily get everything I was talking about, but they were always interested. <laughs> yeah. Grandparents are good for that kind of thing, though. Like, grandparents are they, fucking they, they, they tend to love talking to you about whatever you're interested in. Like, when, it, when I was talking to my mum about games, you could kind of tell she wanted to be interested but couldn't understand the thing I was fucking saying. Just glazes over yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Whereas, at least with my stepdad, he did like playing games as well, so we had a common fucking bond there. Yeah. And then after that, I think it was just because I bottled everything up for years and years. When they died, it was just sort of like, nap. I just stopped. It's why, like, Jake knows. How apathetic am I on a general scale? You, you can't you can't piss him off for love nor money because he just doesn't give a shit. But no, so since then I was generally quite a... quite reserved and very sheltered, I guess. So you said, like, when you were at primary school, 
you were more outgoing and, yeah. and then all, all this stuff sort of with your dad and with the fucking grandparents and then you became the opposite of that. But there is a little bit of a reason for that. When I was younger, like in, in the sort of stop gap between primary and secondary school, I had all that energy and nowhere to put it. So I used to get wound up really, really easily. But no, it got to the point where in secondary school, like the worst thing was after my, like um, my grand died. Again, kids are cunts. They would, they would take the piss at me because my grand died. Oh, I was, yeah, I was fucking no, crying I, in school. Yeah, I used to, I fucking saw shit like that when I was at school. It's like, Nan's dead. Like you're, you yes, freaks, you fucking, you fucking pieces of shit. You fucking shouting that out. Fucking Adam for that. Jesus. That was one of the points I did. The biggest thing in school was I'd either lose my temper and then just calm down for like the rest of the fucking year. Or I'd be in a class that I wasn't really paying attention to and I would get bored and start dicking around. Which is why when I was in year 12, year 10. So yeah, like the year, yeah. year before like um, GCSE. So during that year, I got taken to one of the local, for lack of a better word, mental health fucking um, like hospitals. Yeah. For ADHD. Apparently I had Tourette's. And it was like, no, I don't have Tourette's. I'm just copying Little Britain. <laughs> Literally, because um, they they sort of they pulled my parents in and said he's been making really weird noises in class, and they couldn't put two and two together because they they were like, well, he's normal around the house, so it can't just maybe he's just bored. Did you two watch Little Britain, by the way? Oh yeah. So you know the eh, 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 that one. Yeah, I was doing that in yeah. class. So I was bored, but they didn't clock on that. That's what I was copying because I because I was just finding something to do. And then eventually, it ha- I was doing it in the back of the car once, and, and I think I saw the look of revelation on my mum's face going, fuck, that's what he's doing in class. <laughs> and then they just went back to the school and went, he hasn't got Tourette's, he hasn't got ADHD, he's just bored. He's being a prick. <laughs> he's just being a dick. <laughs> he's, he's being a kid. Being he's, a co- he's copying fucking TV. He's not being disruptive. His grades are still good. So <laughs> so this shit that like, happened, like, obviously, I could see it in your eyes. You, you, it was hard for you to talk about your dad. I yeah, see, I could see it when you were doing it. I was like, oh, he's gonna cry in a minute. You fucking no. held it together. <laughs> you held it together. I could see you went bright red. Your fucking eyes were welling up. And you're being honest. So that today is sore today, right? It's still sore today, and it's it's still a it's source still of depression sore, but... now. Like, because I've met I've met your dad. See, my dad now, now. My yeah. dad now is actually sound. I he's still not. He's not a father. He's not going to be a dad ever. As a friend or like a mate to go out to the pub with, he's fucking sound. But he'll never have that responsibility. Effectively, the only relationship to you really is that he was a sperm donor at this point. Pretty much. Like for want of a more delicate way and, to put and it. And now he's just a, like your buddy, right? Yeah. You know, that's the thing, yeah. But it's gotten to the point where even his mum is having to sort of go, have you heard from your dad recently? What do you think? No. I'm, I'm kind of like that personally. I'm really bad. If someone doesn't message me, I just don't message people. Just be that way sometimes. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> just be, I, I'm bad because I get so many fucking messages. Chris tells me off all the time for you. So I messaged you two days ago if you want to go to the pub. And two days later, you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> that was two days ago, you prick. <laughs> but it's because yeah. I get fucking hundreds. They go so far down my line that I don't see them. And often I'll pick my phone up and see 20, 30 fucking messages. <laughs> like, nah. And I'll go, fuck it. I'm not even looking. Especially when Balan sent pictures of their fucking penis to the podcast. Like we 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 we've said before, all the nudes, ten, send all of them to ten. Yeah. Like if it if it's a, if it's a picture sent to the podcast group, that that's fine. I can't be told off for getting nudes from girls by my missus because then I could just take a look and be like, no. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't sent to me. It was just yeah. sent to everyone. It's a group one. But 
just yeah any any direct ones ten just ten we can't get in trouble for that uh <laughs> Poorly timed intermission. Back when you're younger, especially from like what 1990s, well anywhere from like the fucking 50s to the 90s to the 2000s, you're always kind of it's very ingrained. Be the bigger man. Don't, don't you, you yeah, don't talk also, about your feelings. It's also very. I think a lot of that's quite specific to UK culture as well. Yes, mm. what a man is in the UK. I never felt like I would ever be what is considered a man in the UK. Yeah, because all like, the way through growing up, I was like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not a man yet. Why? But now I look at that thing of a man, I go, no, that's a broken man. What the UK presents as this tough, stiff upper lip, boys don't cry, is not. It's dated. It's it's, it's parts of masculinity. And sometimes those parts of masculinity can be um, a gift, but not all the fucking time. No. Not 24-7 your entire life. But like that sort of thing is very different in America to what it is over here. Yes. And it's very different in Japan to what it is to here in America. So like, what, what our experience is or what is common or normal for us locally, very different to people across the world. But like, do you have a handle on it now, Chris? Do you have obviously i've seen you with your old man and it, you are a little bit awkward still it's one of those things where nine times out of ten now if i see him it's because it's been planned so and even then not by him or by me and it's almost like whenever he sees me or my brother he wants to kind of make up for missed time i think most guys who have kids try but in this day and age it's not promoted to fucking try anymore it's almost like uh, you know a lot of people go oh well you know western family values we need to change it because of progressiveness and it's like Western family values has been broken for a long time. We actually should be rebuilding it, not breaking it. And in part of rebuilding it, we're going to accept queer couples, two dads. You know, we're going to accept that well, yeah. as part of the rebuilding, not break it down even more. Well, like just just because just because a home has two dads doesn't mean it's any less of a family. And that's yeah, exactly. the family aspect is what needs to be presented. It's, it's fucking two people who love each other. Like it doesn't matter what gender they are. If they show they love each other and they support each other, that's what you as a child should be understanding and wanting for the future. Yeah. Broken families, I think, are one the number one source of fucking people up in the West. The number one source is a broken family. I, I genuinely believe it. You look so, at kids that have, the, like kids that uh, are adopted, they go through fucking foster homes and shit. A lot of them, a lot of them end up messed up because of it. A lot of them never get out of the system. A lot of them end up getting abused and shit. It's like, if only they had a fucking, even when they were a baby, yeah, this baby is not wanted. If they had a family come straight in at a baby and go, we'll, we'll keep it. They're going to do better in life, right? Than if they go into the system. It's it's it's, it's a real it's a real problem, and it, and in the West, it's almost like celebrated not to do it, not to have a fucking proper family. You don't need family. Fuck them. Argue with granddad over his politics at the dinner table. Fuck Trump. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's so it's so fucking weird that we're doing this stuff. To be fair, I I did have a bit of that because I I never met my dad, let alone had a chance to judge him myself, because. My mum married him and got pregnant with me and everything. But they had to get a legal divorce and he was deported before I was born. Because he was wanted by the triad? No, no, because he was a triad. There's a, there's a Chinese called the Good Earth. It wasn't always called the Good Earth. It used to be called the Swallow at one point. Like the bird, not the cum. <laughs> and they um, didn't offer that upstairs They didn't well, offer that upstairs. Old, no. But what they did have upstairs was a uh, round-the-back fucking triad ring going on where they were 
conducting illegal business out of the, chi- the, the Chinese. Um, in my case, my mum was more like a dad than a mum, <laughs> truth be told. I mean, I still, I, I mean, maybe not with you, but I think nine times out of ten, it still affects people. Not no, it, it, I, I think it did actually For you with the heritage me. thing, I think that was the big important thing. Yeah. You didn't know your fucking heritage and you had no one there to fucking explain this shit to you. Like, culturally, you are half Chinese, but you have zero Chinese culture in you. Well, yeah, I'm a Twinkie. I'm yellow on the outside, but I'm white <laughs> on the inside. I thought you didn't like being called that. Oh, no, that was... <laughs> that's, 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 that's the other one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that began with a C it still ended with in- <laughs> Inky but yeah um, yeah, Inky like, Blinky no that's Pac-Man <laughs> but like family trauma is a, a big thing I think that's what it is with me like a lot of a lot of what happened with me was the family stuff like uh, my family were just cunts <laughs> like, I, don't know, I don't know how else to fucking explain it like um, my dad's side of the family were always really fucking nice like supportive nice people but we would see my mum's side more because, like I said, my dad worked in TV. He was away a lot. Like with Chris, my nan used to have to look after me after school. Like She'd pick me up because my mum wouldn't finish work till six. And I had all these cousins. I had fucking, like, 20 fucking cousins, right? And all the way through it, it was like, the fucking, we're the Mitchell family in fucking EastEnders. We are fucking family. You fucking look after your family. And I used to hate them. I used to sit there, they used to call me queer, they used to call me faggot. Like, they're fucking, all the time, that's all they would fucking say to me. It's like, there's something wrong with him, he's a faggot. That's what they would say to me. And I used to go, am I? Like, I don't fucking know. I'm like, maybe, they're, and they're like, why is he playing video games for? Why is he fucking watching anime and this shit? Come on, watch EastEnders with the family. I don't know, watch that shit. I fucking hate it. Oh, he likes wrestling, what a fucking puff. Like, constant. Coming from, from the people that watch EastEnders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah constant fucking abuse from them right and i can remember as i grew up it's like listening to like metal i think i already listened to stuff like like i say grunge was big i listened to lots of grunge i listened to lots of like uk indie stuff oasis um blur verve that kind of thing garbage suede suede was super fucking queer as well like musically yeah so like they go why haven't you got pictures of fucking supermodels on your wall why have you got fucking half naked men on your wall why have you got bands on you? Like they, they, it was just constant abuse. Anytime I saw him, I was just abused for being me. Abused for being who I was. And it was all centered around sexuality. They had a fucking huge thing that this stuff must make you gay. And gay is bad and therefore you're a fag. And that is how my mum's side of the family treated me. And I was around them way more than my dad's side of the family. Way more. And it's weird that when I went to Spain a few years ago and spoke to my dad... And he was like, oh, yeah, when you were a kid, you really loved fucking smashing pumpkins and all this stuff. I said, where the fuck did I get that from? I asked him. I said, because my dad listened to like Iron Maiden and things like that, but he wasn't listening to fucking grunge, right? And he said, your uncle, because my uncle Mark's 10 years older than me. He said, so when you would go to your grand's, his his mother's house, and my uncle still lived there because he was, you know, I'm 10, he's 20, he still lived at home. He was like, you'd sit with him. He said it was him who fucking got you playing fucking video games. It was him that got you fucking into this music you like. And I said, like, I don't I don't really remember it because I was so young. I mean, this was going on when I was five still and he was 15. And when I was six, seven, and he was just, he was like a huge cultural influence to me that as I grew up, I always wondered where the fuck I got into it from. But it was from him and we're still close now. And when it came to my mum's side of the family, I just fucking hated them. They were like, cousin's coming to stay for a week. Oh, brilliant. He's going to call me a bender. Every fucking day. Well, that's going to be the other thing. Because you had a lot of shit from the other side of your family, you might have blocked it out. Yeah. You might have, you might have just 
like mentally blocked some of the memories from that sort of time, which unfortunately would include some of the good ones. Yeah, and then I got to this point where I first heard Corn, and it was the first album, and it might have been out about a year and a half. Came out in '96. I definitely played Final Fantasy VII, which came out in '97. After I heard that, after I played that for sure, and I remember going, "This speaks to me in a way nothing else has ever fucking spoke to me." That first Corn album. And the song Faggot, right? And, you know, how people would just constantly come. Because I got called it at school, too, right? It was just constant. And it was it was, it was, was like abuse from family members. Same thing. All sexually orientated. I went, like, Jake to a school with only boys in. So the worst thing you can call someone at a school with just boys in is gay. It's the worst fucking thing you could have. And I was fucking just bullied heavily. Week after week. Day after day. I'd go sick from school. I'd fucking bunk off. I'd wait. I'd, I'd wait. My mum would leave in the morning. And um, I would wait up the road and hide. In the rain. In a bush. Just wait. 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 For my mum to leave after me. Once she left. I'd go back indoors. I'd just fucking play PlayStation. I'd do this like two or three days in a row. Before the school phoned up and said where the fuck is he. And I, I was doing this a lot. I was bunking off school. I'd go to school and then leave at lunchtime. Fuck off to my <laughs> My mate Ken, yeah. uh, I used to go to his house and watch wrestling at, at school. Like, it was fucking horrific. And I, like, it was physically violent as well. These kids would beat the shit out of me at school. Like, we had one kid get a fucking glass smashed in his face at school. Because we had loads of, like, gypsies and stuff. The school was fucking violent. It was just, it was fucking scum. And it, it, it was horrible. Like, and um, we had a teacher at school get sexually assaulted. A teacher. Because you know the kids would bundle in the corridor and they'll bundle and they'll fucking jumping on each other. One of the teachers got dragged down, so people started fingering her, fucking assaulting her and touching her. That's the school. That's the school I went to. It was fucking. It was scum. It was absolute scum, and it was just horny boys that they're getting pent up and angry because there's no chicks around, there's no girls for them to talk to. So you're a faggot. You're a pufter. You're this. I'm gonna finger the teacher. I'm gonna fucking get my knob out. I'm gonna be like. They were just fucking weirdos, right? They were so weird and. Then I started to develop a friendship with this group that was all the gay kids, that was all the fucking weird weebs and fucking anime kids and emo kids. Like just before emo even existed, they kind of had the emo y look going on. And once there was about 20 of us, suddenly we started getting left alone because the bullies realized there were way too many of us. But they were, still, numbers, they were still trying to catch you on your own when you're having a piss or something, you know? And they just come in and punch you in the back of the head when you're trying to have a piss. Stuff like that. And I, I went through so much of that that it made me like a jumpy person. Like, I'd get on the bus and I'd hear a loud noise and I'd fucking jump up. And I'd be like, oh, shit. And obviously my parents had split up, so I didn't. I only saw my dad on weekends. And, uh, you know, he was like, uh, not ultra macho, but my dad used to go mountaineering, rock climbing. He used to go on fucking expeditions and fuck off for four months, climbing fucking K2, you know? So typically it, more manly type things yeah, to do. Yeah, manly things to do, but yeah. not, not typical in English standards, fucking rock climbing stuff. But he used to cycle a lot. So like sometimes my dad would come to school after school and he'd pull up on his bike and he'd be like, how are you getting home? Because I'm going to be home in five minutes, I'll come pick you up. And they'd go, your dad's a bender, your dad's wearing spandex. So they'd fucking say it about my dad as well. And like I used to just sit there and think, what the fuck? I used to want to kill myself when I was at school. It was really fucking bad. I hated it. I'd do anything to get out of school. Anything. And in the last year of school, me and my mate Dave, he listens actually, my mate Kurt was a big fat kid. They used to call him the fattest fucker in the world. Do the truffle shuffle, you fat cunt. They'd fucking onst. Like, they tell him that 20 times a day. Um, and a few other mates. We decided we're just not going back. We got to year 11. 
and there was like this eight month period where we were going in to do studying there was no lessons anymore because you're doing your gcse's in may or whatever so it's like that september you go back and it's just study leave stuff that sometimes you get two days off and we just went what the fuck am i even going in for so we started going up camden which is in, in london camden's like an alternative place like goths is fuck so we yeah. started drinking and, and anyone in, in the scene knows camden market yeah we, we started going up there at like 15 drinking booze like we started getting into alcohol doing some drugs like we shouldn't be doing that but this is city life for you right but then we were meeting girls and we like fucking fingering and playing around. So we wanted to be there. We didn't want to be at school anymore because school had failed us. It failed all of us. They, we were not protected. Even the teachers were joining with the bullying. They didn't come, oh, cut your fucking hair, you puffed it. They didn't even say that because this is the 90s. It's what they were fucking like. There was no acceptance. No, no acceptance at all. And um, this carried with me until I was about 18. I never, ever kicked out of feeling not wanted. It's like when we were talking about Seven. I said... Watching yeah. Cloud not be accepted by anyone fucking spoke to me because the whole way through the game, he's not accepted by the people around him. He just lies about himself. And I used to do it. I used to lie to people. I used to tell people I was doing something I wasn't doing. I wouldn't want to open up and tell people I was playing video games with my mates all weekend. They go, you know, the school bullies would be like, what the fuck did you do the weekend? Fucking hell, what are you doing? Sucking your mum's tits? Like they'd fucking say stuff like that. And I was going, no, I was out drinking with my... Like, I just lie. I just lie. I was out with my cousin. I was out with my cousin. My cousin's older because they feared my cousin Dan because he was like 18 and he was into drum and bass and they all thought he was hard. So I was like, yeah, I was out with Dan and I said, yeah, we went to a drum and bass nightclub. I didn't fucking go to the nightclub when I was 15. Fuck my... And I'm just lying, right? Yeah, he snuck me in. Yeah, I was drinking. Oh, I got off of a bird. He was 25. Like, I'd just lie so they'd leave me alone and it never, it never did. And I let this boil up in me for fucking years and then I remember I was out with my friends and there was a little emo kid with his guitar waiting at the bus stop and these group of like four or five guys just walked past him and punched him square in the face no fucking and I lost my shit just lost it it all come out of me at once and I fucking grabbed one of them and I smashed his head into the fucking wall I'm fighting another one and then I ended up getting arrested because one of them's face was all split up but I hit him into the wall and then after that my anger was just triggered and everything I'd be on the bus someone would go you fucking looking at and I just explode like just a fucking massive anger and I fight them there and then because I'd, I'd suppressed it for so long they did this and I was like that for years that I started having to have mental evaluations because like Jake said they thought there's like an explosive fucking issue with me and there, and there was but I knew I knew where it'd come from no matter how much you explain it they want to find a chemical imbalance in it it's like no you've drowned you've downtrodden me and made me feel like shit for fucking years how am, am i going to do it and after all that kind of happened i then started getting bullied at work at itv at tv and it was the same stuff like it was me and my mate jimmy there jimmy was a skinny guy loved the fucking joint so every day we'd come into work and on jimmy's locker they'd post like dead smackhead found like stuff like that on his locker and on mine it was all gay shit same thing gay bald leather clad bears dicks out on my locker same stuff because for whatever reason wearing fucking nail varnish on the weekend when he's not at work and going to fucking goth nights and shit must be a bender to them like, you have to be gay you cannot be straight doing that stuff only it's homosexuals like, are pussy. allowed yeah, it's like, mm. I'm not, yeah i'm not there for the pussy i'm only there to be gay and look if you're straight i'm sorry you can't wear nail varnish you have to be a homosexual to wear nail varnish i'm well, sorry must be yeah and, <laughs> and i came up for a promotion it's mad, eh? i came up for a promotion and I'm sat there in a promotion and the guy fucking just started laughing at me because he was one of the pricks. One of the bullies was in the interview. He started laughing. He went, we're not going to fucking promote you. What are you even doing here? And he, and he just went, fuck off. 
Just fuck off. We've got better applicants than you. Fuck are you looking for a promotion? We, we're going to hire someone new. And he did all this. And I remember just sitting there. And then the woman who was doing the interview came back with my glass of water. And then they did the interview. And they asked me. And I fucked it all up. Because he just told me I weren't getting it. Like So then the other people, the HR people that had to be there, they were asking me all these fucking questions. I probably could have still got it if I'd fucking won them over. But he, he'd done me. And um, I woke up one day and I couldn't even get out of bed. I had to go to the doctor. I was signed off for a year. And in that year, I started taking drugs, lots of cocaine. I started getting violent, fighting people all the time. It really fucking sent me downhill. And then the girl I was with split up with me because obviously I was now a fucking piece of shit. You know, I was just fucking drinking and fucking not doing anything. And then I, I had to move in with my mate. And I thought, I've lost everything. I've lost everything. And it's all stemming from this one place. And then, I don't know what happened to me one day. I, I went out with a friend and there was this guy at the bar and he had red fucking hair eyeliner on surrounded by birds i'm watching him and other women who didn't know him are now approaching him because he's there like this dude is picking up he's this dude's got magnetism on him right so i got up and i walked over to him and i said what the fuck like how are you doing this how are you fucking doing this and he said oh i'm a pickup artist which was a thing right it's not really a thing anymore yeah and he said, you had the balls to come and ask me. Here's my fucking number. I just phoned him one day and he said, oh, come down, come and hang out. So I came down, I hung out, he's teaching people. And then we went for a drink afterwards and he was prompting me to talk to strangers. He was like, huh, fucking go talk to her. So I was like, and he was like, you like all this like leather, black, like metal, like, like fucking tailor it. You look like the fan of the superstar, not the superstar. You've got to start looking like the superstar. And it just light bulbs went on in my fucking head. And from that day, boom, gone depression everything just fucking gone i just went he's right i've got to be i've got to act like someone if i want to be someone i've just got to act i've got to fake it till i make it i've got to make myself act like the person i want to be to be the person i want to be yeah. and then it fucking it completely changed my life i've never looked back and i even now i wouldn't do the shit i was doing back then but is the the lessons he taught me and then obviously i met other people in the community and there was another guy called jim who's a big part of the community who was like a mentor to me the, the guy would just drop these eye-opening fucking nuggets of inspiration and knowledge on me that just fucking completely changed my life just completely changed my life and the person i am now on the podcast talking wouldn't have been if i hadn't done that because i would never have, i'd never never have got out of this fucking suicidal funk that i'd been in from like the age of 15 i just felt like shit with that i didn't want to be here i just wanted to take drugs and disappear in a fucking hole and play video games and and not do anything and that's my personal journey with with mental health but the big focus was i had to fucking do it i had to do something otherwise i couldn't have fucking snapped out of it well like with 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 me like with when i went into therapy for a couple of years I realized there was a problem and I went, no, I've let my anger get out of control. I need to fix this. I realized I had a problem after a very big snap. But then I was like, no, I need to fix this. Yeah. So I went and got it fixed and now I'm a lot better than I was then. And when I came back to work, nothing fucking bothered me then. They go, oh, you fucking dickhead. I was like, nah, whatever. What? <laughs> I, do you know what I'd say to her? I'd just be like, morning to you too. And they fucking, they wouldn't know how to react. Whereas before I'd go, and I'd, I'd get fucking depressed. They'd see it affect me. Was now I'm like, morning, mate. It got to like a year after going back to work, saying morning, mate. And when I walked in, they were like, good weekend. Because it, it didn't fucking, they found someone, but they'd found someone else now to fucking pick on. Yeah. It, unfortunately, it's just the way things are. And 
things needed to change really and a, a lot of places they have but like one of the things you mentioned about obviously like being beaten up at school that's one of the things that guernsey hasn't had quite as bad there's always been violence in schools like as long as schools have been around there's been fucking violence in schools but nothing's been serious yeah guernsey guernsey schools never had that level of violence like we always had a lot more psychological shit so where we like if if you hit someone fucking teachers would be all over that shit you know fucking parents would be called the works so kids unfortunately kids locally got better at being psychological yeah, it was my school. The only fucking psychological thing they would do was threaten you with violence. They'd be like, I'm going to fucking have you later. You wait till the end of the day and you're going to fuck. And then you sit there all day thinking about it. Try and find the quickest way out of school. Try and find the quickest way away from school. And and the weird thing is, I'd, it would get to the weekends when I'd see my friends who weren't at my school. And I'd have such a good time with them. I fucking hated school. I hated it. Like, even to this day, school reform is like a huge thing I'm into because... Schools are shit, and they're never getting any better if they keep going the same way they are. Well, that's, that's another thing. Where you used to have quite a lot of, like, boys-only, girls-only schools, I think that needs to be fucking... That needs to be out the window. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that is that is so detrimental to someone's, well, fucking upbringing in general. Well, you've got a bunch like, of boys trying to be alpha, going through puberty, try, like, without women for them to fucking talk, to let off that steam they become violent and they become cunty it's no better for girls though because like over here locally obviously we've got the boys college but there's also the ladies college equivalent and like my first girlfriend who ended up fucking cheating on me that was like long term and everything she went to the ladies college and from their side of things like before she cheated on me obviously i talked to her you don't date someone and not fucking talk to them and they'd have they had the issue where girls tend to be a lot more vocal about things and verbal anyway they don't go around beating each other up they tend to be more vocal about their bullying and they they'd have that where they'd have their girls clicks and they'd fucking rip into each other for it and it was really psychological for them anyway which like that's no good for girls they need a male perspective so that they've got something different from what they have an experience you need the two different genders to mix experiences, thoughts, ideas. Like, a lot a lot of what you'll get, there is a lot of things that a mix of genders will come up with that you won't get from a single gender. Even if it's just, oh, we're going to put you in this group, two boys, two girls. Because then you're still talking to a female and you understand that you can just talk to them like another person. Yeah, and you understand rejection more because when you're going to places like that, you are going to get turned down by chicks at yeah. school. But when it's only happening outside of school and the group of chicks you actually have in your circle is like three of them, it becomes fucking harsh to be yeah. rejected and to be turned down. So we're being as honest as we can here. So now we are going to get to the questions. The caveat to these questions are, I expected people to ask questions like, why do you think that when streaming you get you hear about these suicides on stream and stuff? I was expecting that kind of question from people. But really, we got people talking very personal. Like, we've just spoke personally. Re- really, we got people being very personal. So we're going to read these out. Yeah, fair. Like, the nice thing for people is, you know, you, you get to learn a little bit about us. You know, we, we go from the usual Larry, take the piss, you know, get a bit drunk to 
it's something a little bit more serious that we're still going to take the piss out of yeah. and get yeah. drunk. But you get to learn a bit about us. So, because Chris has got the most questions, I want to let Chris go first with the questions coming in. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Props to you for providing entertainment. It genuinely helps me get through my week, through my week sometimes. COVID's really locked me off from, my, from people, and I just feel lonely all the time. Spending way too much time on social media and trying to feel connected. Hours and hours go by, but I still feel so empty. A lot of people I know locally moved away over the past two years and I live in quite a small town. A lot, um, Almost every business has gone under because of COVID. Yet here I am no, not knowing what to do. If you were in my situation, what would you be thinking? Yeah, sorry to hear about your local town and the economy. COVID has hit lots of places that it's way. It's hit pretty and, much almost everywhere. And it fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, even locally, we, we have actually had a few businesses close. Yes. Just, just because yeah, of just all because the COVID of it. people have lost jobs and things like that, and and with you talking about people moving away, I'm just going to assume that's because of COVID. It's been two years. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's the thing. Time. It started at the beginning of 2020, and it's not going to be finished this year. Doesn't show signs of stopping. So. Doesn't show signs of stopping. The vaccine is doing something, but it's it's slowing it. It's not stopping the restrictions we're under. And then there's all the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I would say I would say the first thing I would say is. I think those people that left probably had the right idea. And as if you've got no friends and no attachment to the place, I would say start looking elsewhere yourself. And I would I would curb some of your social media stuff. The, the way social media works is you get endorphin hits when someone likes your posts and does stuff. And that endorphin is uh, addictive. You know, you can get addicted to it and people become addicted to social media. And if you're feeling shut off from the rest of the world and you're only in look to the world and it's like that for many people, you are not alone in social media, then you need to start putting it down because it's not a positive reinforcement of social life. It's actually a negative reinforcement of social life. I mean, some parts of social media can be so incredibly toxic. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, social media breeds negativity in general. Like, whether it's because of the... ridiculous over censorship of a lot of stuff going on to the other side of things like chris was saying where you've just got massive amounts of toxicity in general social media it's just become such a horrid thing that it's no longer the good thing it once was like it's not just a good way to keep in contact with people from miles and miles away that you don't see very often now it's just an excuse for people to throw shit, shit on at other each people other. yeah yeah so yeah no I'd, I'd agree put put the social media down as much as possible use it to keep in touch with people like a lot of what i do on social media these days is i use messenger to talk to my friends like i keep i keep an eye on like the the groups we've got and everything but i don't really get too involved because i just don't feel the need to because it's such a draining mentally thing yeah, i mean i use social media just to post fucking jokes and shit yeah, if i if i can think of a joke or a meme it gets posted. Very rarely will you get anything serious out of me on social media for a reason. Messenger and stuff, I think, is different because you're having literal conversations. I would say if you do have... Um, what was this person's name? Uh, Jazz. Jazz. So I would say, Jazz, if you have friends that you're speaking to via messengers, don't give that up. I think that's still a good connection. But perhaps try reading a book. Doesn't even necessarily need to be reading a book, really. Just find something else more productive. Take take time to go and play a video game. Given that a lot of the people that are going to watch are that type, like go and play a video game. Or if you want to go out f- and be a bit more healthy, go and go for a walk. Go for a walk. Find your local pool. Go for a swim. You know. If their town's shut down, maybe they can't do fuck well, all. Yeah, I think 
if, that might if be you've part got of the no, problem. If you've got no physical or emotional attachment to the town... Move to Texas. I, I, <laughs> if you're an American, move to Texas. Texas is opening up. Texas is doing fantastic. If you don't like the politics of your local town that's locking everything down, go somewhere that isn't, but then don't vote for the same party that locks everything yeah. down. That'd be, that would be my... But yeah. If, you, if you've got no attachment to the place... Look at leaving. Find find a way to go somewhere else. Find somewhere else you like the look of, where you've got more friends. Move, move. If you've got friends that are only online, ask them about their local areas. I'm not yeah. saying run off with some dude on the internet, but ask people, <laughs> go like, hey, where are you from? I'm from Arlington. What's Arlington like? Oh, we opened this up. Yeah, there's this. Like, what are you interested in these areas? And say, oh, I'm thinking of moving there. Because knowing someone, even if you only know them online, in an area... It's a big step to get in there. Not, not being funny, but like John, John that comes on with us, John McMahon, fucking shout out. Um, if I was ever to move to America, I'd probably look at moving somewhere near where he is. Yeah, no, but it's the same. I know quite a few people in America, and um, if I had to move there, they'd be the people I'd reach out to. Even though I've never met them personally, I trust them enough that I don't think they're going to. They're still familiar. Me. They're still familiar. I trust, you know, like some, like someone like John. I, I trust him like I trust you guys. I mean, I wouldn't have him on the podcast. And, and do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have him on if I didn't fucking trust him. You know, if you... I, I've I've got a lot of friends up in like Nottingham. So yeah, so great. funnily enough, if I was to move to mainland UK, I'd probably look at going near Nottingham. Yeah, somewhere where you know people, and and yeah. that always helps. So that yeah, so is that a universal? Get the fuck out of your town. Yeah, and find somewhere else. Pro- provided provided there's nothing actually keeping you there. If if you've got a lot of family in the area, depending on how far you might look at moving, you might want to look at somewhere nearer. Just so that it's not horrendously difficult to get back for family. Yeah, but, but at the you, same time, the way they're need... coming across as being lonely and detached, it sounds it sounds like the way you've written it sounds yeah. like you've got no one. If you've got no one, it's always worth asking the questions at the very least because you won't know until you try. So we'll let Chris do another one. So this one's from Justin. How are you all doing, guys? Hope all is well. Yeah, Love good, the thanks. show. Been listening for a few years now. Long time fan. So I've noticed in the gaming communities I'm in, and especially on Discord, that gamers in general seem to celebrate mental health, uh, mental illness, and depression. That is, this is something that has always bothered me. I've had multiple bouts of depression, and not once have I felt like using it to get attention. Why do you think some people lean to issues on this? I think it's social media. Yeah. I think what we said about negative reinforcement yeah. on social media. It's excessive. Uh, and as Jake said about people being cunts and stuff on social media, I think if I was to if I was to post something today and said, "Hey, I had a wonderful day today, and everything is good." right versus me posting i feel like shit and i want to kill myself you'd get more clout on the shit i'm getting more clout on the negative right and and i think that when people are feeling down they look for coping mechanisms and i think social media has become one of the biggest coping mechanisms ever so the other thing there with that particular question is gamers are more prevalent on the internet when you think about it. You've especially got, nowadays. And they're going to be introverted nowadays. as well. So they're already internalizing a lot. Yeah, they're, they're not face-to-face with people. They can say things that they couldn't normally say without, you know, having any real backlash. And they're used to it. So you got to think, if someone's reading a book and they're really depressed, most people aren't really going to close a book and then immediately go on social media to do something. Or they're not going to post a photo of a page of the book and go, oh, I've just gone to this really sad part of this book. Because you, you don't do that. Whereas with video games, on, on your PC, on your console, on your fucking handheld, everything, you can just take a screenshot, immediately upload it through the share process to whatever social media, add a comment, and just go. Gaming is so interconnected with the internet and with 
social media. Well, the rise of Battle Royales shows you how connected to the internet these are because they do not yeah. operate off the internet. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. It, it may seem more like it's prevalent with gamers, but it's not specific at all to gamers. It's just there's a lot more gamers around and they're a lot more internet vocal. A lot, a lot of these yeah, other people, vocal, yeah, yeah. A lot of the other people that have the issues may not be using social media to get the attention. I, I used to do that. That's one of the reasons I'm not nearly as active as I used to be on social media because I used to do that. And I want to share a little thing actually, where I've got a friend who really helped me with that. I used to post all these depressing things. Oh, I'm really not happy. I'm really upset. You know, I'm having a bad day. And everyone would do the whole thing of, oh, I love hugs, you know, we'll talk to you if you need anything, you know. Brett was fucking fantastic because he would just post things in the comments that were like, oh, cheer the fuck up, stop being a bitch. Cheer up, you miserable cunt. <laughs> yeah, and he just... And while, uh, like, there were some other people who would then post, like, shitty responses to him. And he'd be like, nah, fuck that. He's just looking for sympathy and all this kind of shit. And after a couple of those, I was like, no, he's right. I'm not doing anything about my situation. I'm just looking for sympathy for people to just try to make me feel better in that moment. And it's not helping me. And by him just literally being there like, oh, fuck off with this. <laughs> he was so blunt. He no, never goes, that, posted That is anything. him in a nutshell. So It is him in a nutshell. And he, I love him for it. But like the fact that he never just took my shit and was just like, nah. Nah, get the fuck off social media. Go and fucking fix yourself. And he was al he's always like that. Like, he is permanently like that. And I wouldn't want him to be anything different. Nah. And now, now that I am a lot better in myself, and I see how detrimental that was to me, other people, like, don't do it. Don't, don't look for sympathy. It's not going to help you. You need to, you need to fix yourself. You need someone to turn around when you're being, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay, to say, oh, Fuck off. Go and sort yourself out, then come back and have a pint. It won't be easy. If you are that fucked in the head at the moment, if you are that bad with your depression, you need help. If you need time off work, you know, if you need to use welfare, that's what it's there for. But do not use mental health as an excuse to not work. Use, use welfare like you're supposed to as an opportunity to take the time away from the stress to fix yourself. Yeah, because a lot of what you might have wrong with you, sometimes not having a routine and having a job, it's holding you back. You spiral. And you spiral. And Big time. then you stay on welfare for ages. And now your confidence is so low because you've been on it for so fucking long. You don't think you can actually fucking do anything outside. Of, the system has you now. And now you feel like shit. Your confidence is so shot that it's it's a crutch you use well, to fucking get out of stuff. That's the you problem. Know? Speaking of your routine getting out of place and shit, right? My three years, three or so years into therapy, one of those years was being on the waiting list to get into therapy. It's really shit locally and all over the world. I'm pretty sure it's not far different. You don't just get to go in and say, look, I've got a problem. I need help. And they just show you to someone. You go on a waiting list. You're on a waiting list to see someone. And for me personally, I was on this waiting list for, I think it was about eight, nine months before I got into the preliminary this is who you speak to to get you into the therapy. And during that time, because I wasn't working and I was signed off constantly from the doctors because I couldn't go back into work in case I snapped again, my sleeping pattern just started slipping. And I was playing games until 2, 3 in the morning. But then 
I wouldn't get up until 12, 1 o'clock. But then the games would go till 4, 5 in the morning. And then I'd be sleeping until about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And it just got worse. You have to do something to keep yourself in a pattern. If you're not working because you're on welfare while you're getting yourself sorted, get up, get up set your morning. alarm. Yeah, set your alarm. Set a bedtime. Leave. Stay away from the caffeine. Yeah. Get out of your house. Go One, for a walk. Once you've something. had your breakfast in the morning, and I, I would, especially if you're trying to get your head sorted, have breakfast in the mornings. Leave the house. Go and do something. Fucking anything. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Get out of your house. I think a lot of this stuff is is cycles in and once you get into a once you get into a negative routine you have to break it you have to break that cycle and get into a positive routine and a positive routine could be something along the lines of wake up in the morning if even if you've got no job and you're on welfare and you're struggling get up in the morning look at your surroundings tidy your fucking surroundings make sure you enjoy where you are at Go out for a walk. Get a bit of exercise. Even if it's something as simple as fucking doing some weights for half an hour. Just get up. Make sure you're washing daily. Fucking wash. Do oh, not yes. fester. Yes. Do not sit there and fester. Fucking wash. Fucking sort yourself out. And Don't slowly you let will... let yourself smell. Slowly you will start feeling better about yourself. To a point that the negative depression you're having starts lifting slowly because you have made positive steps even while you're in a shit situation. You haven't fixed the situation. A situation still exists, but you fixed your surroundings during the situation. So, next question. This is from Dom. Sometimes I think of people I used to know. Exes, old friends, people I maybe had a ha- met a handful of times and liked, but I've lost contact with. And when I do, it often kicks off weeks and weeks of depression for me. And I never hear anyone else say they do the same, or say they sometimes randomly think about people they used to know. Then I worry that I'm weird and that I'm the only person who does this. Am I? No, no, you're not the only person. Do you want to know why you never hear other people talking about it? It's because they're they, also sat there thinking about it and not I, talking and about going, it. And they're going, am I weird if I bring this up? Am yeah. I strange for thinking about it? It is completely normal to reminisce on past things, good or bad. Yeah, and sometimes things just crop into your head. I had one, a couple, I had a dream about someone I haven't known in about 10 years Maybe more than that. Maybe maybe someone I've known for about fifteen years. A fucking dream about them. And I woke up and I was like, How the f-? I was like, I haven't thought about this cunt in years. I actually think a lot about some of my old friends that I don't really see, speak to, who've moved away. Um, but I, admittedly, I didn't make enough effort to keep in contact with them. So I never really got the chance to keep speaking to them, keep in touch with them. And that's that's partly on me, partly on them. You and, know and. When they've put on it exes, it's probably a reason you don't talk to them anymore, to be honest. Well, to be fair, the exes thing's very awkward because you have some exes where it's like, well, exes is another thing. You're always going to think about your exes and think, you know, I had such good times with this person. But then you'll also remember the times that weren't so good and the reasons why you broke up. Is the... Dom, you can't answer us. I worry that you're just jerking off a lot. <laughs> because the the breast the depression part of it, I feel like you're focusing on something good about knowing these people, and I wonder if that is because you were fucking them. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but if you were, and you're single and you're fucking sat home on your own, 
and you're fucking, oh, I remember when she sucked me off behind the fucking... And, you know, and you're doing that, you are going to get fucking depressed. Like, if, if you're thinking about the relationship that you had with them, remember the good things and remember the lessons from them. If you are just remembering the sex, just... You don't need that. That's, but if that's, Dom is male, no. Dom is remembering the sex. And if it's friends, then get in contact with him. Fucking if they're still around. Yeah, if they're still around. You, go, out, you know, go out for a drink with them, man. Hell, I had so I had someone add me on Facebook the other day that I haven't spoken to in about fucking six years, and we chatted about all the old times. It's it's completely normal. So don't don't think you're weird for it. Don't overthink it. People just, just don't. It's not. So it's weird. It would be weird for you to bring this up to your friends because they are not going to be as comfortable as you are anonymously kind of messaging us, right, to talk about it. Um, it's not something that is socially acceptable for you to turn around and say, remember Harry 20 years ago? I wonder what he's up to. I wonder if he thinks about me. Like, it's not, <laughs> do you know, it's not fucking... It comes it, across as a bit weird. It's kind of stupid because it's not acceptable, but everyone does it. But everyone fucking does it. Yeah. But it's like these unwritten rules. Every man goes into a urinal and ain't using the ones with the fire. You go to the corner. The next guy goes need, to the corner. He needs, goes to the middle. There needs to be at least there needs a, to gap be a gap there, on there, either side. The if there's only two free, you go in the fucking actual toilet. And if there ain't one at that point, you go in the sink. No, you, you wait. Outside. You wait. You <laughs> queue up. But yeah, it's, it's good. Good question. Good thing to bring up though. But yeah, get in contact with people if you want to know how they're doing. You know. Jake has got one now. So we got one here from a Tommy. Hi, Sam and the rest of the crew. Hi. So many of us gamers seem to suffer with depression. Do you think there is a reason it's so prevalent in gaming? It's 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 a correlation, not causation. Gaming doesn't cause the depression. It just It's a correlation. It happens to be that a lot of gamers suffer uh, with uh, depression. Yeah, they're, they're people that are introverted, people that like stories, and people that like fantasy worlds, whether it be playing D&D, whether it be reading fucking sci-fi books, whether it be being a cinephile, not paedophile, cinephile, they like cinema. Okay. They like sinks. This is the highbrow. <laughs> That's a sinkophile. Yeah, That's sinkophile, it. Yeah. This is the kind of highbrow podcast you're listening to. We use words like paedophile. I mean, cinephile. Um, <laughs> I'm a cinephile. <clears throat> and I like movies. People that are into that. People that are into that. People that like fantasy like to escape. People that are well into escapism. Yeah. Because there are two types. There are people that just watch shit to turn their brain off, and they watch EastEnders, and they watch The Only Way Is Essex, and they watch dog shit. And then there are people that watch stuff to fucking experience something. People that feel that way, who want to experience emotions through media, are more likely to have some introverted parts of them, and therefore are more likely to be depressed. So they're draw. So you see them more in gaming because gaming is one of the biggest fucking things in the world where you're going to meet these people who feel this way. Also, with the social media aspect, which we've already covered that exasperates the need to tell everyone you're depressed and that's why we see it in gaming yeah because not not so long ago we effectively had a video gaming renaissance where it bloomed and blossomed into something so much better we've recently had a little bit of a, a toilet dip um where things have kind of taken a bit of a, a shit dip but like gaming exploded at one point and even people who wouldn't have previously been considered gamers or classified themselves as gamers started playing games and it's a much more normalized average typical thing now it know? is yeah is it? and and with that normalization or with that um opinion and, and and popularity you are going to notice that there are broken people playing it too yeah so it's just a correlation a coincidental correlation between how many people play them and how many people just suffer from depression i think it's something stupid like nine in ten people 
that you will ever see suffer from some form of mental health yes. issue. So the likelihood is many of those nine in ten are likely to be gamers. It's it's more of a coincidence than anything. Playing games is also kind of a good thing because it means that you can branch out to people that are similar minded and at least yeah talk about it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a double sided coin, right? I mean, you've got heads or tails, and and heads might be bad, but tails might be positive, and that's. When you think about it, like like, like, like like people that are reaching out to us because <laughs> they're anonymous, they're leaving their first name but nothing else. If you're playing, say, an MMO, for example, you are most likely not using your actual name to portray your character. So you can talk about issues as your character. And kind of freely. Yeah, because at that point, no one really knows who you actually are unless you choose to tell them. So it gives you a bit more freedom. Yeah. So, Chris, you got another question on your list? Because, you, like I said, you've got a big one. A list. Way. He's got a big list. Um, we weren't talking about his massive donkey cock. No, Tian's not here to mention other people's penises or his own. So, <laughs> so it's down to Jake. I mean. So this one's from Craig. I think I'm an incel. <laughs> Holy shit. Solid start. Well, um, yes, Craig. Wow. Uh, well. um, that's it, a start. It's been eight years since I've had a girlfriend, and the last one only lasted two weeks. I don't think I'm a bad-looking guy, but I know I'm boring. I just like gaming and anime, and any girls I talk to who are into the same things just want money or OnlyFans subs. I've tried to talk to streamers, emailed them, signed up to the Patreons, and it still gets me nowhere. I just want to meet a hot gamer girl who wants to do MCU marathons and hang out. I'm bummed out all the time and never meet anyone. Thank you for your time today, guys. I'm... <clears throat> You're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, I'm going to politely let you in on a secret you are an incel i apologize but you kind of are but you've identified it and realized it's a problem and that's a start yes the the problem the problem you have there is for those who don't know but he hasn't come full incel because incels are kind of misogynistic and hate women well that's true so so uh, for, for so you're kind of but not fully so, for those who don't know, just in case, an incel is what's known as an involuntary celibate. Because they don't have a choice, they don't get sex. Um, usually it's self-inflicted because they're, as Sam said, misogynistic, kind of asshole-ish. Or they usually, have a nice guy complex and they're like, yeah. they meet a girl first day and buy her flowers and don't think they're weird. But one of the other problems You're just is... here for your fucking prostate exam. Why have, you the nurse... <laughs> Why have you bought the nurse flowers, you weird cunt? <laughs> it's the first time everyone's been inside me. Probably going to be the last time, too. Um... <laughs> you have this very clear view on the fact that you want a hot gamer girl who wants to watch MCU movies with you. That's quite a problem. Because that's not... Realistic. N- not realistic. It's not realistic. Okay, let me let me. I'll ask Chris this. Chris, you're going to role play not as him, but as an incel, right? <laughs> and you want in a woman fit of like kind of woman. You're going to describe. So, Chris, what kind of woman do you want? Tall, six pack, could choke me out to death. Okay, what what's she into? What what hobbies is she into? Wrestling, gaming. What kind of man do you think she wants to date? Probably someone in a similar vein to that. Are you like that? Absolutely not. I'm the right. exact opposite of that. So <laughs> you poke your so, own belly. So the, an- the answer is, if you want a woman like that, you need to make a fucking massive transformation on your daily routine, your life, your prospects, 
your your fucking financial situation to get a woman like that and there is nothing wrong with you self-improving craig was his name yeah craig there's nothing wrong with you craig self-improving to go out and find the big titted fucking anime girl of your dreams who wants to watch mcu marathons but you need to understand that your current predicament is not going to attract those type of people also your expectations are way off and most of these girls, streamers that you're buying, Patreons, the only fan shit you've mentioned, right? Your relationship with women are now transactional and they're not, they're not real. real. They're, they're not, not real. Natural. You need to meet women who are women. And, and here's the thing. Most women, once you know them and you're dating them, are going to like some of the shit you like because you introduce them to it. In fact, part of the fun of meeting someone is introducing them to shit you like and then going, oh, wow, I like this too. This is brilliant. Thanks for showing me. And vice versa, right? I, I used to have friends who go, I could never date a fucking girl like Britney Spears. And I used to go, why? Because I think it's shit. And I like this music. But why? Like, she can like what she likes. And guess what? You can introduce her to your music and you never fucking know. She might like that too. What's the fucking point? I'm just going to meet one who already likes it. Because there's seven of them. There's seven of them in our local area, and three of them have got boyfriends. One of them's a fucking heifer. The way you know, where are you putting your fucking expectations, mate? And and I, that's the same I give to you. Your expectations are so high, and I feel sorry for you because for you to openly fucking come out and say this, you must be pretty fucking lonely. And yeah. OnlyFans and streaming and shit, I think it's not going to help you. It has had a negative effect on both men and women because you are going to end up with women who only see sex as transactional themselves there's a transaction themselves and you're going to see guys who think that they can buy women and that is an incredibly unhealthy fucking yeah. trait to get into you need to cut yourself off from the internet that's my first thing i know you're a gamer you want to watch mcu and play games with with gamer girls delete twitch off your fucking phone now and fuck off only fans and stay away from that shit and work on yourself work out a little bit Eat a little bit healthier. Tidy your fucking room. Simple, Sh but it works. Shower every fucking day. Feel better about yourself. Start talking to people who you already know, who already like your shit. She may not be a hot fucking gamer girl, but she may be a really nice fucking girl, and she's got friends, and she's got... So and just don't be a weird fucking, oh, I'm going to buy you flowers, tip my fucking hat, my lady. Being a simp is not going to get you anywhere. It's really not going to help your, your lifestyle. You need to back away from all of these notions preconceived notions you have about what women are for a start i think you've got an unhealthy opinion on what a cute gamer girl is or whatever i think you've got to find it you know like uh you, you two guys date girls who are into the same stuff as you but they are not twitch streamers in their pool juggling their tits around no these are two separate things right they just do it as a hobby yeah they like games like you yeah. like games yeah like my, my girlfriend like she played a couple of games here and there but she she was she was into like Marvel and stuff, and she liked uh, comics and things. But when I started dating her and we really started talking and all that kind of stuff, um, I kind of introduced her more to the sort of more hardcore end of gaming that I tend to get involved with. And now we we spend fucking two nights a week raiding together on Final Fantasy fourteen because I effectively introduced her to that type of gaming, and now she plays it with me. That's because I introduced her to that. She wasn't into that to begin with. She, she'd she never touched a Final Fantasy before meeting me. Um, yeah, and no, as I said, it's part of the enjoyment of meeting someone. Exactly. Right? You, 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 
let them understand and start to enjoy your interests. If they don't like some of your interests, that's fine. They don't have to get involved with everything. But then the ones that they do like that you also do, they'll get involved with and you can make something out of it. But like like Sam says, it being transactional is a bad thing. You are not going to meet a girl that you're ever going to really make anything, make a go of anything with on on Twitch, on OnlyFans, any of that shit. No, and I'll say it again, guys, stop jerking off so much. Honestly, it ain't doing you any fucking yeah. favours. What you need to do is you need to get out and go and do the hobbies and things. Go and do the more social aspect of the hobbies. Like, go go to cons. Don't go around, like, only chatting up the hot being fucking weird. cosplayers, being weird. Just go to fan meetups in the cons for different things that you like. Join some Facebook groups. Um, what's the thing? There's a, there's an app that is literally about meet. It might be called Meetup, right? Where you type in anime fans, and then they show you one that's two miles away from where you live. Go down, make some fucking friends. You need yeah. friends. A lot of don't, you guys that are talking this are lonely. You need to find some real life friends. And that's the thing. Don't go into it expecting to find a hot gamer girl either. That is not realistic. We cannot stress that you enough. You might turn up and it's a sausage fest, but now you've made friends. Make right? friends and, first. And that's a good yeah. thing. You, you, What you need to do first and foremost is go out, make friends, speak to people, enjoy your time with them. And even if there are girls at these places, even if there is one you think, oh, she's really good looking, I really like the look of her, whatever. Don't don't start hitting on her. Talk to them, become friends, get to know them, you know, really see if you connect with them as a person. Because the other thing is, if they've got a boyfriend and you're just hitting on them, they're going to close off. They're yeah. not going to... Yeah. And like I said, you. hot chicks have friends. That's the other thing. And guys always forget this when they get the one itis, right? And they fucking focus on one chick. Yeah, she's got a boyfriend. And she's got friends. If she recommends you to her mates because she goes, oh, come on a double date. I've got a friend. You're in there. Don't focus on her. She's got other bangable friends. Guys, you got to man up a little bit. And I don't I hate saying that, especially <laughs> in a mental health podcast. Yeah. But when I say man up, I'm not talking about the fucking ink banging his chest. You got to have some self respect. You got you've got to understand who you are and what you offer. You know you're saying you're boring. Fix that. Learn some shit. Learn a way to talk to people. Go on a fucking class. Go on an acting class. You and know, take, learn the, mon- some take shit. the money you put in OnlyFans and put it in savings. Put it in your savings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do if, if it's money you don't miss, you're not going to miss not spending yeah, if it. If you sign up to OnlyFans and fucking Patreons, I sign up to ours. You know, <laughs> I will say that. But you know, you're, we're not fucking lying to you that you're going to get some fucking pussy shots or something. You know. Yeah. But- like you, you need you need to start realizing that a lot of what these girls do is purely a business thing. They're not they're not there. They they don't genuinely spend all their time looking like they do, being all hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing this today. They do that because it makes them money. It is a fucking business. So remember, that's not what you're going to find when you meet these people. You're going to find real people. And that's that's going to be the biggest thing to make sure you get into your head. You're meeting real people. Treat them like people, not like they're some gamer goddess. No one owes you their time, and you don't owe them your time. And if all you're trying, and if the only reason you're watching their streams and donating is because you want to meet them and you want to find them and and, and be with them, turn it off. Yeah, they're not the worth reason. your time. They're Maybe- never going to fuck you. Yeah, just make yourself someone who is worth the time that anyone spends with you. No, no matter a, who. No amount of Pokemon feet pics is going to change your life. Okay? They're not going to help. <laughs> That's a good thing fucking Tian ain't here. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> he loses shit. Oh, mate, he'd have already covered the mic.
but no, Craig, it sounds like we're mocking you. We are a little bit because we're being we're being brotherly. We're being brutally honest with you. We're telling you some hard truths and um I hope you pay attention. I really hope you pay attention. Yeah. Like we we may not we may not be like certified professionals but we've been through a lot of like we've we've been through wanting a girl we can't have we've been through you know romanticizing something that we think is the way it is when it isn't it's all experience at the end of the day we've had some of this life experience we know we know our own lives we've lived in such a way where we've had the experience draw on our experience just passing it on yeah so we're getting on to a question from long time listener Friend of the podcast, Jess. What? Who, who clarified, because we were calling him Jez last time, because we didn't know. It is Jess. So he, he put in saying, so-called experts have been saying for years that video games promote violence. Shouldn't all of us be dead by now then? I don't believe there is a connection, but surely games are a form of therapy. And I agree, games are a form yes, of therapy. And those are. experts weren't experts, they were pearl-clatching cunts. And that's what they were. Yeah. So- with, with that side of things, you've got to remember that all the people pushing the agenda that video games are violent, they have an agenda. Yeah, they, they are looking... Like, a lot of these mothers are looking for something to blame their bad parenting on. Yes. This is the problem, okay? Video games are not the cause of a shitty child. The cause of a shitty child is a parent ignoring their child as they're raising it and handing them whatever the fuck they want to shut them up. You do not hand a child of seven years old GTA 5. You don't fucking do it because there's an age rating on it. That is where a lot of this shit stems from. These parents are like, my child has done this really violent thing. My child raped a dog and it's Mortal Kombat's fault. Well, there is no dog raping in Mortal Kombat, love. <laughs> How did he rape the dog? Well, I left him for four hours on his own. Well, that's your fucking problem, Well, I went to the it? pub. Yeah. And like, a lot, a lot of these people latch on to something that happened what 15 years ago now with manhunt 2 where you had some fucking kid smack another kid around the back of the head and kill him because they were copying this game but they've been doing this shit for years right i remember when the jamie bolger murder happened charles play got banned in the uk as a result the shit the media put out there that put everyone into a frenzy didn't happen the fact that the boy the one of the killer's dads he was like 10 year old boys owned a copy of owned horror film and the kids had watched some horror film didn't mean they were acting out a horror movie. Yeah. They were always smoking, drinking at the age of 10, being left alone by their parents. That's the problem, not the fucking movie. Yeah. I watched movies like that when I was fucking 10 and 11. I never fucking stole a little boy and smashed a brick over his head. I fucking, I watched shit like Starship Troopers when I was seven. I didn't go around fucking trying to shoot bugs. But yeah, and I was, I was playing the original Mortal Kombat when I was a lot younger than I ever should have been. But I had enough parenting from my mum and other members of my family to be like this isn't real it's just a game it's just a game don't copy it don't do it i mean that's what it is there are still some idiots who try and come at video games every now and then a video game gets called out by these fucking these people but they're the same people that see fucking black guy twerking on the devil's lap and say this is disgusting, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. These cunts were saying it about Marilyn Manson 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. The same shit. And that was way worse than fucking Little Nas X. Little, Little Nas X is tame compared to the shit that people were doing in the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, fucking hell. The, these are the same people that have been trying to cancel Eminem for the past 20 years, and failing. But I, I understand, because I know Jez, is, he's, he's older than me, Jez, Jez is an older guy. 
it, it must have been hard going through the 80s and 90s playing video games just hearing this shit cancel the game take the blood out of it dude it, it fucking happened a lot it happened a lot i mean gta the original one which is like fucking the top, like, top down the, fucking the, the amount of uproar on that and i remember playing that and my mum going why have you got that game how did you get it and my mum i'm like 14 or like of course i've got hold of it you know <laughs> everyone's fucking all my mates are playing it and they're going this is the most violent thing ever and i was like have you seen it and then she looked and she was like What's even this going on? Is the mi- this is the most violent thing ever. And, that, and that's the thing. Like the, the experts are calling themselves experts, but they're not. And so many of them think they understand the effect that video games have. But it's not the effect that the video game has. It's the effect that the lack of parenting has. Yeah, and it's and, always been that. Yeah. You will, you will see throughout fucking history. That's not even recent history. Just throughout history, people try to blame fucking everything on their children everything for their children's behavior before their own parenting and gaming's done a hell of a lot more good than bad the the way it helps mental cognition and you know physical physical function like hand-eye coordination memory recall the shit that video gaming does for you is incredible so speaking of fucking gaming doing good things i like i just like wholesome positive things um what was it last month when the writer of Berserk died? Or oh, the month before. Yes. Um, and in fourteen, yeah. they had the fucking rows and rows in every every major city of blood of Dark Knights just fucking doing the pose in honor of his death. Yeah. So the the Berserk is a fairly dark anime, and in fourteen, you can play Dark Knight, which is your dark magic, great sword wielding big boy, big balls. You add everybody fucking lining up, everybody lining up. And just, you know, honouring this person for his contribution to anime and, you know, modern media by doing something well, unified within gaming. So, hi, this guy, our sick team. I just wanted to say great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Merci. It's so different from anything else I listen to, and I feel like you guys are genuine buds who like each other. That's, that's true. The, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't fucking sit in a room chatting with them if I didn't like the fuckers. <laughs> And this is where my question comes in. In my personal life, I have a group of friends. I like them, but I constantly worry if they like me back. Sometimes I make jokes and no one laughs at them or they get taken seriously. Sometimes they don't invite me out with them. Sometimes I don't, they don't hide it or anything. They openly talk about things they do with do with things without me. I also feel like when I'm with them, I have to talk more than anyone else as they don't want to talk to me. I ha- I've had friends who, uh, along friends who appreciate me. But I have the same issue with strangers too. I never feel good enough. How do I get a friendship like you guys have? I know Jake is going to want to talk about this. But before he does, last week I went out with Chris for a drink. And your missus was there and another friend. And I told a story when I was there. And you guys all went fucking silent when I told the story. And I was like, fuck, did I fuck up? Did I say something wrong? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll tell the story now. The story was that when I worked at ITV, there was this guy who worked there called Rob. And he was a piece of shit. He used to cheat on his missus all the time. He was a Lafario. He was like a fucking good-looking dude. Women would fawn over him. All the male gay celebrities that I worked with would want him out with him. So his missus found out. Don't know how. She fucking figured She figured out he'd been cheating. She fucking smelt another woman's fucking perfume on his cock or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and he, instead of breaking up with him, she said, I've booked us away for three weeks. We're going to a couple's retreat. He goes there, he comes back, and he's like, yeah, no, I really hurt her. I'm not going to cheat anymore month or two goes by he's good as gold turning down these invites to drink out 
from work going straight home. He's not doing it anymore. Then he comes into work on the following Monday, bawling his eyes out. She's left me. She fucking left me. She's left me alone. She fucking hates me. And I was like, well, Rob, what, what happened? I thought you'd sorted yourself out. And I'm like, I was sitting there thinking, I mean, you kind of deserve it. This should have happened <laughs> months ago, right? He's bawling his eyes out. And he goes, well, when we were on the retreat, I had my camera with me. And uh, I was like, meant to be filming us and stuff. But I was just filming other birds on the beach and zooming in on their asses and topless birds and, and stuff like this. Dick. And I fucking, I was doing that and she fucking found it and she watched it. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, no, but there were points in it, right? And he described, there were points in it where she was talking and he just zoomed off. <laughs> She's like, hi, uh, hi guys, on our holiday. And he just fucking zooming in on a bird over there. I told this in front of you guys. And the first thing that happened was your missus, Chris, went, cheating is fucking disgusting and I hate cheaters. And it killed the fucking conversation <laughs> dead there and then. And I sat there thinking, well, 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 hang on a minute. I didn't... I'm not advocating it. The guy's a cunt. What's going on? Just telling a story. I'm just telling a story. And then everyone else just sat there in fucking silence. So I just got up and got a drink. I was just like, "Mm." and then uh, it was uh, Beth. She was there. She went, well, that one fucking died. And I I felt in that moment, right, that I had fucked up and didn't belong. Everyone feels like this, mate. Everyone will feel like, even me, with the guys I podcast with, felt like that at that moment. Because your missus took it as like a fucking insult. Like she did not see the the joke, the humour in the story at all. To to be honest, I think that's kind of funny. Really, the guy completely deserved every fucking second of that. Yeah, absolutely. He, he did, but like, like Chris probably remembers it. Your missus just did not take the. No, she, she did not. I mean, I think she thought I was advocating what he'd done, or I don't know. She just completely missed it. Sometimes, mate. Sometimes you say something, and people do not get it. And when that happens, that happens. It's going to happen to everyone. To be fair, Chris's, Chris's missus is absolutely lovely, but she doesn't quite take some things the same way other people would. Like, when she hears a story, she might interpret it a bit differently. So, you know, that probably isn't so much of a, you're an asshole as, no, like, but I saw, she just I, I saw it as she thought it. I was bragging. I my yeah. <laughs> instantly went, she thought I was bragging about this guy doing this when I'm actually mugging him off, and this happens. And his question is, oh, they don't get me. They don't. That happens. That what reason I brought it up is because it happens oh, to yeah. everyone. It happens to everyone. It happens to me. And and like you said, I want a friendship, like you guys have. But it even happens within us yeah. sometimes, like this one that I just said. So I I I'll definitely fucking say right. I'm really bad for that. So that's kind of the biggest thing for my level of anxiety, where I never feel like I'm good enough for anyone which stems a little bit from being cheated on by a couple of my past girlfriends and a little bit from past friends effectively not really being my friends, which isn't my fault, but I took it as I was the one who'd done something yeah, wrong. Did I do something wrong? Yeah. So I just I just want to point out, you have done nothing wrong. You just may not necessarily have been like what they wanted, which is on them because if if they're fucking if they're expecting something out of you that you aren't then well that's on them they're they're expecting you to be someone you're not and they shouldn't so i'm really bad for always worrying that i'm not good enough for people i'm always worried about people aren't really my friends maybe i'm just a pain in their ass like fucking sam sam will tell you i fucking first few times on the podcast i was like are you sure you know you sure i'm all right coming on yeah, no, you were. I was, you were. <laughs> I was bad for it. But sometimes it happens, though, right? Sometimes it happens. Like there are times where, unintentionally, 
I've done it. I've been on the opposite side of it. Where like I've said to Chris, like he's gone, hey, do you, do you want to go for a drink? Or I've said to you, go for a drink. We go for a quick drink. And then a few days later, we might bump into another friend. And they'll be like, hey, guys, how you doing? And we'll go, oh, when we went for a drink the other day. And then look on their faces like, why the fuck didn't you ask me? And it's because we weren't, we were just, it was, it was just, it, it was just planned. a spare of the moment thing, right? And we've mentioned it. We're not trying to single you out and say we didn't invite you. We just fancied meeting up the two of us and having a quick drink because we had an hour spare and we went and did it. And it wasn't some sort of planned way of fucking making sure you don't come along. But it happens, right? It just happens. And it's not, I don't think it's personal. I think the, the person who asked the question, what was their name? Brad. Brad. I think that, I think Brad, this happens to everyone and you got to deal with it. They probably think this about you sometimes too, that you don't like them. It just, it just happens. As for strangers, sometimes it's difficult to talk to strangers anyway. Yeah. Like go, go in the other way a little bit. If, if you genuinely feel like they actually aren't really your friends and not just like an anxiety thing where they do genuinely seem to just be disinterested in spending time with you, spend time with other people. If they, if they, if they genuinely are your friends and we're like, actually, we really want to see you, they'll message you. They'll be like, hey, do you want to come do this? You know, we're going to do this. If if they want to spend time with you, they'll they'll extend the offers. Otherwise, just hang out with some other people. And like, we've, see how you go. we've all got a mutual friend who's incredibly fucking flaky. He's still our friend. Yeah, but he's the most flaky motherfucker you ever meet. But we don't uh, have to all hang out at the same time. We we've got a podcast no. member who just hasn't fucking turned up for weeks. <laughs> And he still wants to tell everyone he's involved and get involved, and he, he just doesn't fucking show up. Right. So he, sometimes people just aren't around as much as you'd like them to be, or as much as they want to be, because there are other factors too. And sometimes people just cunts, and you just got to drop them. And you've got a, you've you only you can learn the the line there. Only you can know where that is. Like if if you're genuinely always feeling like those people don't want to be around you then find people you don't feel like that with even even if they might actually want to be around you but they make you feel like it maybe you're better off finding another group of people who you just generally feel more comfortable around and sometimes you might actually do what jake does and just fucking ask yeah i'm because that's that's one of my things with my anxiety i have that constant issue of shit do these people really like me but i actually ask people because I've gained a weird level of confidence over my years of experience where I just outright ask shit of people now. Hey, I don't mind like, if I come hey. along, do you? That is acceptable. Yeah. The other thing is sometimes people will, there are social norms where people won't say certain things and sometimes you just got to break out of some of those social norms. It's like going into a pub and going to the toilet and leaving. <laughs> so many people have a problem doing that. Or walking into a shop, having a run, not buying anything. Yeah, some people, so, so many people have an issue with this stuff. They feel like there's a, this norm. Just do it. You need a piss. There's a pub. Go in. Have a piss. If they go to you, hey, you can't come in here and use the toilet. I didn't know that. And leave. Yeah. <laughs> got a sign on the wall telling you you can't do it and be a bit more comfortable with that. And if you feel like your friends are making you feel shit or, or there's something going on with them, pick the one you're closest to and just say, hey, man, you guys like me, right? Yeah. And I guarantee they're going to be like, you prick, what are you fucking talking about? Do we? Of course we <laughs> fucking like you, you bellend. And then you can go... Oh, it's just that sometimes I feel like, oh, well, the conversation wasn't really going anywhere. Well, we're comfortable sitting around each other in silence. That's <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Me yeah. and you do it all the time, Chris. We'll go for a pint and we'll have breaks. <laughs> That's a really weird point, actually, which I feel like kind of loops into spending time with girlfriends or significant others, boyfriends, whatever. Like, aside from the fact that you should get along with them, you should be able to be comfortable in each other's presence and not have to be in each other's pockets. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to be comfortable just sitting and doing something in the same room together, but not together. 
it is just unfortunate that when you sort of get that idea in your head, if you keep it to yourself, you kind yeah. of make yourself feel like a burden. And it never it, goes it away. It snowballs. It's not always, and very rarely is, malicious. It usually is just a case of, we happened to be in the area, we had 20 minutes free, half an hour free, we went down the pub for a quick drink, and then fucked off home. I said, me and Chris, that's mostly what it is. You were like, oh, I finished work early, you're around. Yep, I'm around, because you know I'm around, because you know what time I finish work. But then there'll be someone who finishes work at five, who might walk past and go, just didn't invite me. It's like, well, yeah, because we were here at four o'clock. Well, well, not to do with gaming. I wonder if it's to do with like TV programs and things like that, because a lot of those programs portray friends being together all the time. Yeah, and it's really not like it that. could be a media. Like, all all their plans have to be. All of them need to be involved. They can't branch off and be with friends independently. But it's even like this, like because they said, "Oh, I want a friendship like you guys on the podcast." They actually said that in the question. Call them a cunt and see if they're offended. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> but it's like, with, with us, we're not together 24-7. Me and Chris might have a beard every few weeks, yeah. randomly. But we mostly, with me anyway, I mostly see you guys here. Yeah. And like, just, just because we don't see each other every day of every week, doesn't mean we're not fucking great friends. It's just, we all have lives. We all do other things. And the, the other thing with like, jokes or stories falling flat. You might have some really good jokes and stories, but not all of them are going to hit with every group of friends you have. Sometimes you're going to tell a joke or a story and everyone's going to be just sat there like, eh, we didn't want to I find don't that know funny. What I, I, told this, I told that story today. Jake laughed. Chris laughed when his missus wasn't here. <laughs> right? So you know the, the story hits, but just not go how yeah. I thought it would. <laughs> it's like, if is... I laugh, will she tear my balls off? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is you kind of got to know your audience as well. Like, if you're in a group of young mothers with, you know, young kids, don't make dead baby jokes. Why? You know, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, like, don't don't tell certain jokes to certain people. So we got more questions. So I'm going to go on to this. Is Hi, guys. I'm glad you decided to do a mental health episode. You all seem like outgoing guys, and you're all very open on the podcast. I am introverted, and I'd like to be able to talk freely and truly be myself, but I just flake out on everything. How do you guys do what you do and fight off the anxiety? Um, To be honest, it's just a case of getting over it, as, as trite as that might sound. Yeah. You have to push past it and you have to just do it like if you if you feel like something would be a valid part of the conversation just say it just don't don't there's that thing that people always argue about saying i spoke to my friend and they just said have you tried not being depressed it doesn't fucking work like that but it kind of does at the same time the more you do it you have to fucking you have to try to not be depressed you're never going to kick depression if you don't try to not be depressed this... Sometimes it's condescending when people say it and they're being <laughs> yeah, pricks. It's, it's not quite that easy. As I said, make your bed. Have a fucking shower. Get out. Force yourself. See a stranger and you go, I like their jacket. Just tell them. Hey, nice jacket, man. Just do that in the street to a stranger. And they go, oh, thanks. It's great. Thanks for telling me. Where did you get it from? And now you're in a conversation with a stranger. It's taking no effort. And you can walk around and go, hey, yeah, have a good time. And walk off. And never see that person again. But you did it. You did something to get out of your anxiety, out of, your, out of yourself. This, this comes under the same category, really, as facing your fears. When you're, when you're having a chat with your friends and you're thinking, I could say this, this is relevant to the conversation, turn off, turn off the fear. Just be like, the fear's there, that's great. Say it anyway, just force yourself to say that thing out loud. Then the fear doesn't matter because you've said it. It's out in the open, you cannot take it back. I mean, it's a little bit different 
for for me and you, Jake, because we talk a lot. But Chris is kind of a quiet guy. But as the quietest one of the podcast, how, how do you feel about what they're saying? It is one of those things where, again, as Jake said, to turn off the fear. If As soon as you go, I don't want to do this, do it anyway. Because once you've done it four or five times and you start getting that mindset of, I can do this, this is actually not as hard as I thought it would be, that's when you start getting over that introverted side so you can go out and meet people. You can still be a bit of an introvert. I mean, hell, I am. But I can still go out, chat to people here and there. I mean, you get some people who don't want to go to the shops because it's around strangers. Oh, and with this COVID, we've got people, you know, people that have been vaccinated but won't, wear, won't go out wear, without wearing a mask still. And I think that there's a problem in, in society in general, social media stuff. We, we peddle too much fear and too much negativity and you need to, the only person who can break the cycle with, with many of these questions, only person it's going to fall on is you. You're going to have to do it eventually, so do it now. Why waste time? A few years ago when we went to the first Comic-Con, I didn't want to go up to people and ask them for their picture, even though I liked their costume. But then all it took was for one person to go, why are you so worried about it? You're not going to see these people ever again. So just fucking ask them. So yeah, fuck it, why not? If they say, sorry, I'm really busy, fine, they're busy. Go and, go and talk to someone else. The worst the worst they can say is no. And that goes for like when you're talking to people, new friends, a girl that you want to ask on a, on a date to go for coffee. The worst these people can really do is say no. You don't fail by doing it. You fail by doing nothing. If you had a percentage bar, a health bar, not asking gets you down to zero and you die and you failed. Going and asking and being told no, you've still got 50% of your life left because you still went and fucking did it. And listen, as we've said, people have shit going on in their lives. Maybe their fucking dads died. Maybe they're fucking in a bad mood. Maybe they got fired yesterday. Maybe they're on a period. Maybe they're, like, it doesn't, there's lots of fucking reasons why in that moment that person may not want to talk to you and they have nothing to do with you. There's eight billion-ish other people on the planet, okay? If you're talking to one person and, you know, you might have an issue or you might have a problem or they might reject you or whatever, that's still another 8 billion people you can talk to. It's not even the piss in the ocean. Yeah, there are so many people out there. One rejection is not the end of the world. And one friend who you're not confident at talking to, if you if you take that step start actually saying the things you want to say, there isn't just one person out there to talk to. There are hundreds and hundreds of people, even just around you at that moment. There are so many people you can talk to out there. And if you look at it that way, there will always be someone who will value your opinion. And being an introvert and not knowing what to say puts you in a really good position to learn that people who, like myself, who just fucking blurt stuff out, like I said with the story earlier, and don't think whether it's appropriate or not, are at a disadvantage even sometimes it's so, kind of one of those things where why isn't that kind of level of basic communication taught in school sometimes you're at a disadvantage and you need to learn how to deal with things and the only way you can learn how to deal with things is by finding out how and that goes for talking to your friends or strangers or anyone that you ever come across yeah just just say the thing you're afraid to say see how it goes learn from it that might affect what you say next time but you still need to talk. <laughs> so, Chris, what have you got for us? You've got how many you got left? Three. All right, lads. Do any of you feel so angry that you could explode? There you go, Jake. Um, okay. <laughs> any, uh, angry you can explode? Okay. And then you, what, what else does he say? All right. So, uh, all right, lads. Do, do any of you? <laughs> Sorry. I feel I'm, you're typecasting me. You yeah, bitch. He's hey, you uh, opened up with it. That's true. 
Do any of you just feel so angry you could explode? I get this feeling weekly, mostly when dealing with other people. Well, I don't like people. Uh, I have a job I can't stand, and I talk to fucking idiots on the phone all day, and it sets me in a bad mood for days. And then this causes me to cut myself off from my friends, because I know I'll just be a prick to be around. My girlfriend does her best to calm me down, and I'll worry, I worry she'll leave me if I don't sort out my anger problem. I've tried talking to someone about it, but my work schedule doesn't offer much time to do this. How do you guys deal with anger issues if you have them? Shut up, Chris. Also, you should come to Manchester for a mad one when the world stops ending. Right, so... I'm currently in a job where I do still talk to fucking idiots. Same. Like, I cannot stress how fucking stupid people are. Like, I fucking hate people so much I could fucking kill someone. I've lost so he completely understands what you're talking about, Stephen. So, genuinely, I, I fucking... I understand you on a spiritual level, mate. My first advice is try and find another job. Yes. That's, that's first the first one that came to mind is... Because the way he talks about his, his job, he says, job doesn't afford him the time to get the help. But job, the job is part out. of the cause of the fucking problem. I'm not saying quit your job today and walk out, mate. Look for another one. Find another one. Once you're secure and you've got another one, leave that fucking place. Yeah. Like, you, you said there that you can't stand the job and you talk to fucking idiots all day. If you can't stand the job itself, you need to try... Like, you're going to be working for so much of your life. You need to be some... It doesn't have to be a job you like or enjoy necessarily. But it has to be a job you can at least tolerate on a fairly consistent level. First advice there is look for... An, and I, I do, especially at the moment, it's really difficult to find a job. And depending on what your qualifications are, what you've got behind you, what your experience is, certain jobs will be harder to get than others. But, like, take a look. I'm sure you'll be able to find something. Look for something that you can live on and that you'll be comfortable with. Give yourself a goal. Say, within the next six months, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. I want to find somewhere else. And that's the thing. Too many people are content to just keep doing what they're doing because they're used to it. But if it's making you unhappy... You need to not be doing it. To a point that you're, you're not seeing your mates because you're worried you're going to be a prick. That, to me, means that you're snapping at people yeah. because the job makes you in such a bad mood that the banter, the fucking having a good time goes out the window. They go, ah, oh, fucking, uh, you, you fucking in the call centre all day, you cunt, and, and you snap because you fucking hate it. That's not good. If, if you're worried about your missus leaving you because she has to calm you down when you come home from work. You you already see the problem. You understand that your anger is kind of out of control. And the fact that you're even even reaching out and asking us, that's a good thing. Like you, you've understood the problem and you know you need to do something about it. So yeah, first and foremost, new job. Find something you'll be happy with. Like thinking that you don't want to be around your friends because you'll be a prick to be around. It's a valid concern. But once you're happier in your job and you've got less stress coming in from that, hang out with your mates. They they will be helping you to enjoy yourself and let off steam, let off stress. Your girlfriend, again, she's trying to calm you down. And again, you you may end up having her leave you if you keep being that stressed. But again, you deal you deal with the cause of the stress. And everything will fall into place. Yeah, everything else should just domino effect and just get better. It's it's something that you have to really, really work at, though. You really need to make sure you're looking as hard as you can for a job that you will enjoy more or at least get less stressed at. And sometimes there is nothing worse than a job you fucking hate. I did 
just just under 10 years of retail work, which set me on my course to exploding with anger. And honestly, I would never go back to retail. If I If I go back to retail, I will end up killing someone. And I know that. And because I knew that, I made the decision to step out of retail. I'm now in an office job. So no, no amount of money is worth that much stress on your life. And like, honestly, don't be afraid to talk to a professional. They are trained to understand how the mind works, how things are, how to help you come to terms with your problems. Do not be afraid to see professionals. And th- this applies to a lot of these things. If you feel like things are so bad that you can't get over it, Talking to your friends, getting advice from us, whatever, that's great. But there is no substitute for a professional if it if none of this helps. If none of it, none of it helps. You're right, you're right. So, Jake, you got another question now, I'm sure. So, this person says, Hey, everyone. Just a quick question about time management. I use video games as a distraction from the real world. It's not that my life is all that bad, but I still need to pass time. I sold my internet marketing business a few years ago and no longer have to work. I've never been a social person. For me, my life was work-focused, and in my spare time, I played games, built Gumpler, and uh, went to a rowing club. Due to the pandemic, I'm no longer going rowing, and I feel like my time gaming is empty without the balance of work. I'm 45, no wife, no kids, and up until the last few years, I've really never thought about my existence. I'm thinking now that I should leave London and start new elsewhere and try to make friends. What do you think? Fucking kudos to you. 45 you obviously and you've worked made fucking, it. you've worked hard for some shit but now you've got Holy no one to share shit. so what i'm picking up you've got no one to share it with and that is a problem yeah and you thinking about your existence i think you're having a bit of an ex- existential crisis yeah which I, a crisis I of faith get. a crisis of like because if you've built up a business well enough to sell it that you never have to work again living the fucking dream you, yeah. you've Holy worked shit. but then if you sit back and go but what have I got to show for it? And, uh, you know, he's mentioned no girlfriend, no kids. So maybe he wants kids. Maybe he's sitting there going, fuck, I should have had kids. I know Jake will not agree. No. I'm the same. I, but I'm that's not a personal thing. I'm all for other people having kids if that's what they want in life. But, mate, at 40, so I don't have to fucking have <laughs> Go and do. Go, like, I would say to you, go and do what makes you happy. If you're in a rowing club, and I imagine that, I mean, I could. this could be a gay. I don't know. We could be talking about some sort of fetish or something. But I imagine. We're talking fucking rowing, like the Oxford fucking Cambridge race. Well, yeah, right? proper fucking boat rowing. Yeah, so you're probably an incredibly fit, fucking healthy dude who, when you're not rowing, you build fucking Gundam toys and play video games. I mean, we would all agree that we do enjoy what you're saying. It sounds like you've got it made. Live the fucking dream. But Mate. the loneliness, I understand. I just, I just want to say, right, if you're building Gumpler... And, you know, you're fairly happy with how they're turning out. That shows you're good with your hands, mate. Fucking ain't no girl going to be complaining at that. But then we Just... do have to understand that if he has spent all his time on his business, maybe talking to women isn't something he's comfortable with. He might not have the social skills. He had the business acumen to do what he's doing. Doesn't have the social skills to... to... But then it's never too late to learn them. It's never too late to learn them. You've accomplished so yeah. much already. Don't but give what? up. I think one of the problems with this with this question is we do not have the kind of money that means we never have to work again. And I don't think we're ever going to be able to come from that perspective because that's just how it is. Unless you want to sign up to our Patreon, mate, and send some <laughs> of that money you've earned this way. Um... But we, I can only really talk from stories I've heard. And people, even people who have so much money they don't know what to do with it, a lot of them still do a job because they can, not because they have to. Like, you've clearly earned your money to not have to work again and again I, I, 
so fucking impressed with that. I'm not going to lie. Um, you need to... I think at this point, you need to focus on that social aspect of your life and go out and... Like, when you get a chance to go back rowing, that's good, because you can maybe make the effort to but talk the, to the other but rowers. But what I mean, I imagine when he goes, it is social, he is talking to him. he might have a drink with him afterwards. Hmm. So, like, in my mind, I've got a picture of you, you work really fucking hard, you had this rowing thing that you've been doing probably for fucking years, right? And and yeah. now you're doing more of it because you can, because you've sold your business. You love fucking Gundam. Obviously, you probably watch it. You know, you're into it. You're building them. You've got the money to buy any fucking one you like. These things well, can yeah. be expensive. It's an expensive hobby. And you play video games. And up until COVID, you thought you had the perfect life. And suddenly, you've realized that those things that you thought were the perfect life You've had time now to realize there are things missing and I'm not one to tell you what's missing, but by your own words, it's, I don't have a kid and I don't have a wife. You're thinking about family, mate. That's what I think should be your focus. And with the money you've got, I'm not saying find a gold digger, but if you're a fucking healthy fucking dude who goes rowing and you've got some money, learn them social skills, I don't think you'll be fucking waiting around long. And at 45, you can still have a kid if you're healthy. Like flat out, it's never too late. Especially with things like this, like I've heard so many stories of old people meeting each other in an old people's home and getting married. For family, it is never too late. You could do things like go out with some of your rowing friends, meet new people. Yeah, they've got girlfriends, they've got wives, those wives yeah, have got like, friends. Invite them round to you. Ask them to, just fucking ask them. Would you introduce me? Make, make the effort to go to the social things they invite you to. If they're like, oh, we're having a barbecue in the summer, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, you know. Never too late, mate. 45's still young, if you ask me. I'm fucking 37. Yeah, man, fucking And I've hell. done fucking none of what you've done, so. You, you're fucking, you got, you got plenty of time left to just go mad, man. Have, have a bit of fun. And, like, the other thing is you'll find, with the games specifically on that, you'll find that once you're a bit happier in yourself and you're just kind of doing them every now and then for a bit of fun, you'll start enjoying them again. You're, you're probably not enjoying them because you don't feel fulfilled as a person at the moment. And you're locked inside in London with all this COVID going on, playing fucking video games, building your gumplers, wishing you could be rowing again, wondering why you're not getting laid, and it's bothering you. And the loneliness it's going to bother having, everyone. And the loneliness of having to stay in your own place pretty much alone, that's, that's going to be... Never good. Loneliness yeah, is that's huge. that's not going to help. Right, so I'm going to get on to my last question. I've got one from John... I find it difficult to motivate myself to do anything. I'm not working right now, and if I'm being honest, I avoid looking for work, and I lie about it to people I know. I don't have many friends, and I really don't see them anymore anyway. Everyone tells me to get a job, and I don't know why, I just don't do it. It's like there's a block that stands in my way, and I just don't bother. I'm not looking after myself either, just eating junk and drinking Monster. My day consists of waking up at 12, jerking off, sitting in silence in my messy room for an hour or two, jerking off again and playing games until 3am while using my mum's by using my mum's credit card to order takeout. I hate this existence and I don't know how to break it. Yeah. Jerk off less for a start. Yes. <laughs> that messy room, clean it. Stop eating so much takeout. You, you definitely don't feel good about yourself because you're not making any effort to do anything that you can feel good about yourself for you are what you eat and you are what you consume and and, and coom 
you 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 are consuming bile and expecting results and it's never going to happen you you feel you don't feel motivated but you're drinking monster all day like that's that's bad you're, you're going to sleep at 3 a.m every day waking up at 12 every day so if, you, if you're not doing anything that requires extra energy for whatever reason you have no reason to drink energy drinks i yeah, i understand all. you hate They're your bad. existence and you don't know how to break it let's break that down let's just break that bit down i hate this existence and i don't know how to break it at this point you've made some very bad choices so you don't know how to break it you do you break the existence if you hate the existence you're living you break the existence off the bad habits because it's just you as 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 jake said stop fucking jerking off stop drinking monsters all fucking day realistically once or twice a week maybe three times if you feel a little bit fruity not on the same day i might add you know up, up to three times a week is probably about healthy for a man, to be honest. Let, let's put it this way. If you're doing it twice a day, start with doing it once a day. Yeah, reduce. If, you, if your morning jerk helps you get up in the morning or whatever. Reduce, reuse, reanimate. No, no, that's undead. Um, that's necromancy. That's necromancy, not wankomancy. Um, yeah, wank less because there's no need for that. Like, there is legitimately no physical need to do it more than once a day. There's no need to do it once a day. It's it's all self-indulgent. Drinking shit, eating shit, jerking yeah. off, playing then, games, and letting that take over the entirety of your day. I will be quite honest, and I understand. I am addicted to video gaming. I understand that it's an addiction. But I know when to stop, when to decide, actually, I'm not going to play video games. I'm going to see my friends. So there is a level of healthy and unhealthy. The video gaming isn't a problem. The lifestyle you've built around it as with almost it as your focus, that is the problem. You need to cut those energy drinks out. You may have to do it slowly because you may be biologically addicted as opposed to like mentally addicted. Cut the monsters out slowly, change to something like tea or coffee. Personally, I'd suggest tea is a really good one because it's a diuretic. That'll make you go to the bathroom a lot more, meaning that you'll be pissing out a lot of the worst shit that Monster has. Wash more, get yourself clean. Um, physically clean, obviously. Um, get, get the living space you're in nice livable. and fucking get out of the house more. Yeah, get out of the house, fix your sleeping pattern. I cannot stress that enough. That's not something that you just click your fingers and it's done. You need to get out of the house at the right times, get up at the right times, go to bed at the right times. Don't drink caffeine close to your bedtimes. Do not fucking do it. Give yourself a limit. It hits five o'clock in the afternoon. You're not touching any caffeine at all. Set your alarm for like, and obviously, look, this is going to be a work in progress. Waking up at 12, set at 10. Start setting at 10. And when it goes off, just get up. Even if you feel like shit, get up, get in the shower, get in a bath. Yeah, fucking wake yourself up. Go Let, for a walk. At that point, have your coffee, right? You get up, boom, in the shower, bang, have my coffee, go for a walk. Get yourself motivated out there doing something. When you come home, don't jerk off. Don't fucking sit and play video games. Find other shit to do. Um, like I said, tidy in your fucking living space, making sure you're happy with your living space. Once you start doing this for a little bit, do some exercise. Like we said, walk in, get some weights, do some weightlifting. If you've got mum's credit card, you can order fucking pizzas and takeaways, then order yourself some fucking weights for 30 quid and and start helping yourself out a little bit just start doing a bit of that once you start making those changes this this first bit i fucking avoid shit i don't bother looking i lie to people about i mean you're very honest and thank you for being honest with us yeah Uh, you're you're more honest than any cunt i know that does exactly the same shit and i know people who do this and would never have the balls to turn around and say i fucking openly lie about it yeah we all know they lie about it and everyone you're lying to here john is, is fucking knows you're lying about it but you're being honest with us. Be honest to yourself. You owe it to yourself. You'll be able to start being honest with them and you'll be able to say, I know I was in a shit place. And I'm, I'm trying to get out of it. 
Tell them you want help getting out of it. Tell them you need help out of it. Say to your mum, if you're using her credit card, she's obviously letting you fucking use it. And if she's not, then you're being a prick and you need to fucking realise that. But say to her, mum, don't let me order food on this. You buy my food. While I'm here, while I'm not working, you fucking sort me out. Give me a salad. Have a sort like, out. Eating healthier will help. That will get your body, like, well, into a better position. Yeah. And the, like, this is going to sound like the worst part of this advice, but get a job. Just something to get you into something, a routine. Just to get you into the routine. The routine, is, the routine is what you're missing. That's the biggest thing. But if you've been doing this for so long, you'll break yourself, you'll lose your job, you won't, like, you need to get into a point where you're waking up at a decent time, you're not addicted to fucking caffeine, you're not having to jerk off twice a day, and don't use that as an excuse of, I'm fixing my routine so I can't get a job. No, actually fucking fix it. The other thing, using your mum's credit card, you're going to feel shit because you're using your mum's credit card for other shit. When you've got your own money coming in, when you've got your own source of income, you will feel better about yourself because you are more self-sufficient. Yes, you're living at home, you know, yes, your mum is still going to be paying for stuff, but you will feel better about the fact that you don't have to rely on her for everything that you have to buy. Get rid of that yee-yee-ass haircut. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be deadly real with you here, and this is going to come across as harsh. Currently, you're a fucking waste of space. You are a piece of shit. You need to sort it out. You are an absolute waste of space, mate. And you need to sort your shit out. You owe it to yourself to not be a waste of space. Yeah, you, you need to prove to yourself, not any of us, yourself, you need to prove to yourself you're not a waste of space. You might not realise this, and as harsh as we're saying you're a piece of shit and you need to sort yourself out, you're better than this. Yeah. You actually are worth something. You are worth something. You've got a lot to give the world. You just haven't fucking found it yet. Partly because you are not going to fucking find it. And you should pick your fucking ass up off the floor and fucking do it. Stop jerking. How many times have we had to tell people to stop jerking off today? Just stop wanking. Especially because he's noticed it. Well, yeah. You know it. You, you're in a better position than most. You fucking know you're a piece of shit. You and know you're, you're admi- lying. You're admitting that you know you're a problem. You know that you hate what you're doing. It's mostly yourself that you're destroying here. Like, you're a drain on your mum's credit card, but you're mostly just destroying your own self, who you are. Fix yourself, and you will be a fucking fantastic person afterwards. Hell, if nothing else, aim for this time next year to be a better person than you are now. Yeah. You can do it. I believe in you. I believe you can do it, man. Yeah. We're gonna I be believe honest. in you, John. I, I believe. I want you to message me, message the podcast in a month's time. And tell us what you've fucking done. Yeah. We're rooting for you. As harsh as we're going to be, we're rooting. We're, yeah. we're on your side. We're rooting for you. If you tell us in a month's time that you've managed to fix your sleeping pattern and you're going out and you're, you know, walking and doing some exercise, we're going to be like, good, you're you're doing so much to fix yourself. Keep going. Yeah, you know? keep going. We will, we will be appreciative and supportive of you or tell you that you're still being a cunt no matter which way it goes. Um, Chris, you're next, mate. Cool. Right. This one's from Gwen. Hey everyone, love the memes. They're mostly Sam, so... Yeah. I'm kind of new to the podcast and I've been playing catch up for the past few weeks. You guys are so funny. Yeah, well glad you're enjoying them so far. So, I saw the post about sending emails for gamer mental health and wanted to share with you how I feel. I'm 24, female, and most guys think I'm an e-girl due to how I look. Send feet pics. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not helping, but okay. Right, I do lean into the online persona a bit more often. I post cute pics and anime wigs and do dances on TikTok. I try to do streams, but it takes too much effort to get ready for it. I put out this smart, confident persona and no one wants to know the real me. Inside, I feel like shit. I have no in real life friends. I'm taking way too much medication and I make bad 
tacos for a living and spend my evenings crying with my cat. I wish I was the person I pretend to be online. You guys have a strong online persona. How do you guys reconcile with this with real life? I think the first thing is that last bit of how do you reconcile your online persona with your real life. We don't. Yeah, we, we are, are exactly um, who we're telling you we are. Apart from yeah. me and Sam had a few more <laughs> drinks than us. Um, now, it might seem... Though, if you're if you're looking at the memes and listening to this, that you might think that there is a big online persona going on. Persona. Um, the only one who really plays up to being on the mic is Tian. Yeah. He's the only one who plays up to it. Yeah. The, re- the, the rest of us don't meet you. Scott don't. When John's on, he doesn't. Larissa never has when she's been on. Uh, I can't think of it. Leslie. Leslie's literally. When Leslie's on, Leslie is that piece of shit that yeah. you hear, that, that scumbag. He's always talking slug. about wanting to die. Yeah. But for you personally, I think yeah, the online yeah. persona might have to go. Yeah, you need you need to you need to start being you need to start being more honest with who you are. There's and a level people, of self care there that needs to start coming in, and you're not. Doing yeah, that. I say if you're, if you're not happy putting out a persona to be there for other people online, don't do it. Like if you if you want to dress up as anime characters just because you enjoy it then you should do it. If you're only doing it for this online persona, don't. Don't be who other people, you think other people want you to be. Don't, and especially with all these, like, simps, effectively, who are going to be like, oh yeah, keep doing this, keep doing this. Yeah, if it's not congruent with who you are, then you are lying to yourself. And I can understand that being a fucking problem. I I genuinely believe that people need to be confident and comfortable in who they are. Yeah. If you if you feel like you're living a lie, you need to change that. You you say you say you spend nights crying yourself to sleep with your cat. Like that's so heartbreaking to me. Like I I don't think anyone should have to feel like that. And you opening up to us like this well, for for everyone, in fact, as yeah, a, as a big yeah. thing to everyone who's come forward to us with stories and questions, thank you for opening up. But like you, you coming forward to this shows that you understand that you're not happy and why you're not happy. And I think you need to get off the social media a bit more often and go out and make some more real life friends. Take a you break. Said you've got none. Take a break. And the line about making bad tacos for a living, right? So it's probably not fulfilling. And maybe you're sitting there thinking in your head, all these guys online think I'm this cute, fucking happy-go-lucky anime girl taking these cute pictures. Um, But the reality is I'm a lonely girl who works in the fucking job I hate and goes home and cries to a cat. You need to fix parts of these problems you have. Now, I'm not saying quit your job. I think your job's not a problem. Uh, That seems quite sarcastic to say it the way you did. She didn't say she doesn't enjoy her job. Or she doesn't like it or that she hates Um, it. She just said that she makes bad tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually might work for a top-end taco chain and you're just shit at them. I don't know. Not bad for a burger. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Selling tacos at But it would be very easy for you to fall into the routine of positive the the supposed positive influence of the online persona so you start doing the only fans and you start moving that route because people want you to but i i would avoid that if i was you i think that is a negative on yeah. you um you seem lonely and i don't like that because obviously you do have a lot to give if you are getting attention online it's not just about the pretty wig you put on there's probably something to you 
that you are missing yourself. You know, you're talking about this persona. There's probably comments, jokes you make that people are attracted to too. Maybe you should think more about that as well. Yeah. With with that, like if you if you end up going the OnlyFans route, which we we don't think you should do, like all it's gonna do is exacerbate the problems. Because you're going to get a lot of people who are going to be throwing money and suggesting you do things because they want you to do it and telling you how you should be or how you should act. And you don't need people doing that. You you need to be able to be free and comfortable. Yes. And you're living a lie. Like you're the, the, what I'm getting from your messages, from, from your uh, email is, you are not happy day-to-day in your regular life. And the online life that you've cultivated for yourself you feel like a fraud both those things need fixing and neither one is going to fix you you can't use one to fix the other and vice versa they're both independent they're both they're both independent at this point and you're going to have to focus on i would say don't quit your online stuff i'd imagine you do get something out of it just reduce it reduce it and then in the time that you're normally spending making tiktok dances or whatever use that time to fix some of this other shit going on because you sound lonely obviously a pretty enough girl that people give you attention online you shouldn't be lonely yeah there tw- are people out there for you to 24 young. yeah there's people out there that you can hang with that want to meet you and want to know you and you just haven't met them yet you've got to start meeting them man there's probably customers that come into your work just to see you every fucking day yeah there probably are right and you just don't even realize it we've all done that we've all gone to a certain bar because we know the fucking barmaid's heart and we like seeing her i don't even drink and i still turn up yeah um <laughs> it sounds a Shot little a bit like please. yeah it sounds a bit like an a, almost an identity crisis that you're having so i think with some of this time like sam says deal with the loneliness but do a bit of soul searching as fucking as as completely cliche cliche as that sounds teach yourself learn who you are what do you like yeah figure out what you want who you are what you enjoy what you don't enjoy learn who you are and then on your social media when you are still going on because like i said don't just quit it reduce it on your social media start being honest about it start start you know don't present this persona present you a lot of the questions we've got in so far, you can actually get a conveyance of people's personality from it. But from yours, I don't get any conveyance of who you are from yeah. it. So it's just what's going on. It, you, yeah, like you need to know, you need to learn who you are. Write a list. What do you like and what do you want? Fucking send it back. We'll answer that. We'll answer that another time. Yeah, send it no, back. I'm, I'm more we'll, than happy we'll to chat about yeah, this. We'll chat, we'll chat to you about do, it. Do, like do I said, the feet picks, chat. I mean, they're optional. But like, from from that, you're wearing colourful wigs because you think that the people are going to like that. I don't know if you like the colourful wigs. I don't know if you like the series as you're dressing yeah. up vaguely of these characters from. I don't know whether you like them or not. The only thing the only thing I get from that so far is she likes cats. She has a cat. She likes cats because she cries to sleep with one. And honestly, that's something I would talk to you about alone. I'd be interested. What's your cat called? How long have you had the cat? How old is the cat? I love cats. Yeah. I'm going to have loads send of cats. pictures of your cat. Yeah, send us pictures of your cat. I'm fucking... Not your, I'm not well your, not your pussy, your cat. Yeah, your actual... Clarify your your feline pet. Yeah. Your actual cat. <laughs> I, I'm I'm completely all for that. I love cats. It's hard to, to give you the advice when we don't know 
as much about you. Like, I look at the guy who wrote yeah. in about jerking off all the fucking time, <laughs> lying to his fucking... He gave away, in, in like five lines, he gave away so much about his life, but you are a mystery. Maybe you like being a mystery. Maybe that's what you are. Maybe you want to be a mystery. But I, w- I would just say that you could go down a very dark path if you don't address it. And I, I want you to address it. I want you to get healthy and better and, and feel good about yourself. Gwen, we don't want to see you go down that path. We want to see you thrive as a happy, confident person. So if it will help, you know, having a chat with us about it and us just saying, yeah, you know. I mean, if nothing else, find people who share your personal interests. Yeah. And just meet up with them and chat. Make make sure you know what those interests are. We're always happy to interact, you know. in it, Like, Jess sends us all sorts of questions. And yeah, all the time. Comments yeah. and things. We've, we've, we've read out what two today yeah and last time we had about five yeah yeah you know it's it's if there's repeat questions we may pick one of them and say we've had this question a few times and there's a few names i recognize in here justin was one someone there was a guy justin who sent something in from the last one yeah he he sent in last time and he sent one in on the uh halloween stuff as well so we get people that send in questions quite often so yeah so yeah so we got one here from a peter Hi guys, I'm sure you've seen the reaction videos of gamers losing their shit, screaming and shouting. Why do you think that is? Clout. <laughs> pent up aggression, pent up testosterone. Uh, watching watching some people, I, my cousin used to do it, man. He used to fucking, if I beat him at Street Fighter or Tekken, he'd pull my controller out and fucking throw it and go mad. He'd go fucking mad. Uh, I think it's a testosterone release. You don't really see it often from fucking girl gamers Weird, right fucking weirdly right even though i've had massive anger issues most of my life that's one of the things i've never done i've never biffed a controller i've never like I, i've always got in the back of my mind uh, controllers are expensive. are expensive yeah no <laughs> yeah. i'm the same i'm like I, uh, um but back to your question it's just impotent rage mate it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's high testosterone it's no physical outlet like i said to the guy who's angry uh learn a box do something do go and do something with it these guys most of them are incredibly overweight obese motherfuckers smashing a fucking desk as an angry person i do not understand this level of losing it's your shit. fucking impotent rage like yeah man I, I, like you see a lot of you hear a lot about people with kids that like young boys and they lose at Fortnite, and they fucking lose it on oh, the mum's like turn playstation off now please fuck you you see it all the time parents shaming yeah. their kids because the kid don't know he's being filmed they need a fucking outlet for their testosterone and and their anger and they're they're being built up and they haven't got one because they play video games all day. Like we've said, we love video games. I play video games every day. I play every goes day. down to bad parenting. Goes down to Once bad again. parenting as well. <laughs> but then with adults, it's probably some bad choices they're making. Like we've seen with a dude jerking off in his fucking bedroom every day. You're making some adults are making bad choices. You need an outlet for stuff yeah. more than just playing video games. Video games are a great part of your life. I would never say anything negative about video games in people's lives unless they're doing it to an excess that is detrimental to the rest of their life. And these people that get angry, it is a detri- playing video games is detrimental to their life. They need to get that anger out another way. They need to fucking go and do something. They need to fucking get themselves active and they'll lose a lot of that fucking impotent rage that they have. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's a lot of it's just unnecessary impotent rage. So Chris, you've got your final question. Yeah, and my last one is from Jess. Movies, music and books are all seen as forms of escapism, but people overlook this for video games. Shouldn't they be viewed as the same? I think we're getting to a point now what they are. Um, but yeah, for many yes. years, many years they weren't. We we spoke about this briefly before we came on air. I think Uncharted 
had a huge impact on how the outside world viewed video games. Yeah. Because it, video games now became some sort of uh, action cinematic specta- spectacle, which was not really talked about in that way before that game. Yeah. But up until then, very much so, it was never ever given the credit it deserved for its uh, escapism. The, the, the escapism aspect was always there, it just wasn't seen as one. <clears throat> but then you have, in more recent years, like you said, Uncharted, another good example is the first Last of Us. They proved that gaming isn't just a thing you yeah, do. Both a naughty dog as it well. Is, so. it is, yeah, it's an experience. It is. It is a. It is an art form that can be just as, if not more, powerful than other forms. It's helped video games get respect mainstream. And as much as we can sit there and say that before Uncharted, these games existed. Final Fantasy did it for fucking years. Metal Gear did it for years. But until Uncharted, nothing broke through that glass ceiling and made people go, holy fuck, video games are like a a huge fucking deal. Um, And they gained a lot of respect. But I do understand what you mean. They were disrespected for a long time. People did not see them as escapism. People saw them as poison. People were very negative to them. The pearl clutching mums in the 90s I mean, I mean, were the they worst. They still are, but people are negative to music and things as well. It's fallen into the same category as music at this point, where you have enough people who have a go at it, but they cannot gain the traction because people just... They, they just put them down as the fucking naysaying idiots. idiots that they are because they're being stupid. Video that, at that point, they're looking so for big. problems. Yeah. Video gaming is so big now that you cannot ignore its influence. Like, gaming gaming can now teach you things. Gaming can give you experiences. It, it, it teaches you morality. It teaches you history. Fucking things like brain training back on the DS. You would literally use that to keep your mind sharp. And stuff like that would help teach you maths and other things. I gaming mean, is yeah. now a teaching. Like, they use Minecraft in fucking... Uh, where they're teaching you about creating things and like physics and stuff but minecraft this year had the library Did you hear about this no so minecraft added a library downloadable map these people made this library that you can download that contains works historical works book works that are banned in countries to purchase holy shit fucking hell so you can get the map on minecraft and saudi arabia and you can go in and read shit i mean china you can get all the banned books and stuff that that's incredible are there like Minecraft, I mean, that's a fucking huge feat. When I read th- when I read that and then I watched a video about it, I was like, fuck me. When people talk about militant gaming and I want to send a message and I, oh, I want to make a political statement, fuck all that. This is how you make a real statement. Yeah. You do something like this. That's, that's not activism. That's action. But I'd like to see more people involved in the gaming sphere actually reaching out to gamers and saying, are you all right? How are you doing? How is your health holding up? How is your mental health holding up? I don't see a lot of it, um, especially from things like podcasts and streamers and shit, because a lot of them is just like, sign up to my shit, buy my merch, buy my stuff, and there's not a giving it's, back. It's I'd not like personal. To, I'd love to see more of them give back and talk about this stuff more, because I'm not knocking them, I just don't think they've had the opinion, but they're probably going through shit too, and have gone through shit to get what they are, and there are some inspirational stories in the gaming sphere that we should hear about. Too often we hear as negativity from gaming. It might not be the same level that Jess was talking about, but quite often we hear about, you know, so-and-so went to a fucking Comic-Con and slapped a bird's ass, or what, we cancel this person because they said the word cunt or something, you know, well, we'd be fucked. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff. But I'd like to see more from... Positive side. Positive side from 
the streaming community, especially with the sphere we're in with Final Fantasy and stuff, we got some really great guys that we are at shoulders with that we know in other communities. I'd love to get them involved in some of this stuff in the future too. But to everyone who sent something in, thank you. Now, there are yeah. some people that... Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. There are some people that didn't get theirs read out today. And the reason for that is many of these were similar. And I could read out 12 people saying they stay in bed jerking off and playing video games. With I could read all 12 out or I could read one and give you all the same message. Yeah, it will be the same no matter what. The reason why those ones were read out is because they helped encapsulate a lot of what else was said. I mean, some of them where they asked like four or five things. We had people ask one of those things in the question. So it's like we can we can yeah. do it all in one you weren't forgotten about you weren't left to the side no one made a constant decision to go ralph sent this in and ralph can go fuck himself there was none of that <laughs> it was it was about getting the most messages out as we could in a time frame if if our advice has helped you if you if you take something from this and it really helps you and you start improving your life tell us we want to hear like message back in if you want to if you want to like start a dialogue and like talk about how you feel we have made a difference or helped you Fucking tell us. We want to hear. To We'd love to hear how you're doing. We want to know how you're getting on. Absolutely. And and that doesn't just mean the people who sent in questions. Because if you're listening to this and you've never sent in a question, you didn't even think about sending in a question, but you've gone game of mental health, I'll listen to that. And any of this resonates with you. Let us know. Yeah. Like, I, I personally would love in two, three months, five, six months down the line, I'd love to be sitting here doing another podcast being able to talk about some of these successes, some of these things where people have improved themselves, they've fixed their life, they've they've improved. I want to be able to, to say, this person asked us a question six months ago, and now look at how fucking well they're doing. We aren't giving you this advice because we're perfect and we have our shit together. By all means, you never will. You never have everything together. It is impossible, right? But we have had to get our shit together to some degree, and we struggle with this every day. Every week, every month, every year, we struggle with problems from our past, as we spoke about, things that still affect us. You know, Chris earlier talking about his dad, super brave, opening up about that on, on here. Uh, same, same with Jake talking about his anger issues, openly live on air, you know, to, to actually come out of it. Super brave to do that. Um, we are not perfect. We never will be. And neither will you be, but you can be better. And that's something you need to know. Just don't give up. I, I def another thing I want to say actually, which is relevant to everything here. Once you've improved on everything, take a leaf out of our book, okay? Look back at the time that was kind of shit. Make jokes about it. Yeah. Have a laugh. Be able to look at have, it and go, "Fuck, I've come a long way." Take take the piss out of the fact that you've told your boss you're going to cut his family up and send it to him in the post. You know, have a laugh about these things. Remember, that's in the past. That's who you were. You have survived it and you are now a better person. You are better than what you, what were. you were. You are better than your mistakes and you have survived to tell the tale. Have fun with that fact. Yeah, no, I think it's a good place to end it. Um, yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, peace. We love you guys. Peace. Bye. Bye.